Welcome to the Kings of Sport, the program changing the game one show at a time, a.k.a. the world's most dangerous sports show, a.k.a. iTunes longest running weekly episodic program produced and hosted by one or more African-American who is not affiliated with a major network. What's up, everybody? Good to be back for a special edition of the Cospod. I, I guess you could say this is a co-branded event because we are doing this in conjunction with the good people over at Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Shout out to them. Uh, this is an extended edition, if you will, of the Chain Reaction, which is a wrestling reaction show that we do with Place to Be Nation after the Big Four WWE event. And since this weekend was just so massive, so crazy, so jam-packed, we couldn't fit that in one show, y'all. We had to make this bigger, better, bolder, and, of course, blacker. And so to that extent, man, let me bring in my co-host for this week. He is the angry intellectual. He is my tag team partner on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates, which can be found over at Post Wrestling. Y'all give it up for the professor, Chris from L.A., a.k.a. Chris Ely. Chris, what's good, my guy? Uh, nothing, man. It's just we such a slow wrestling weekend. We really have to reach for stories, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, my like, God. How, how are we going to fill up, man? How are we going to fill up like 90 minutes of programming with, with, with you know, our thoughts on carrying cross? I don't know how we going to be able to do it, dog. <laughs> I got no clue either, man. I guess we just have to do our best. This is my God, man. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. I know that. Um, um, I probably made a few enemies this weekend. You probably inadvertently made a few enemies. Uh, nothing that you did, ag no aggression that you took out on people, but just yeah, by I stay catching strays because of you, Chris. Having having an opinion <laughs> makes you uh, makes you a target, man. Mm -hmm. um, so we will we will get into all of it though. Yes, we will. And and for those that are new to the Kings of Sport or new to the chain reaction. It's not just going to be me me and Chris. Uh, we will have 
uh, other friends of the program pop in as the show rolls on to give their opinions, not only on SummerSlam, which was, you know, the the big, I, I guess, story one or 1A of the weekend, Chris, uh, but we're not just going to talk SummerSlam. We're also, of course, going to talk about the return of that ice cream man himself, CM Punk, Chris. Right. Yes, so, uh, yes. <laughs> before we get started, though, hold on. I'm going to follow that forever now, man. Yo, before we get started, I just want to show the people something real quick, man. And I'm not like going super low with the camera because this ain't, you know, Nate's OnlyFans. Right. Um, although, <laughs> might, look, a brother might have to launch it, man, because the economy is tough. But I wanted to shout out uh, this shirt right here. Anybody that's down for the MCU stuff, man, I saw this. It's uh, TV yeah. Time Variance Authorities, man. I support yeah. black businesses because, you know, not only am I down with the Kings, but I'm down with the Kang, Chris. Uh, that brother out there trying to keep the time stream straight because of what Wanda been out here doing. And now, you know, apparently going by the trailer that j- just dropped last night, Chris, what Peter Park and Dr. Strange is out here doing, man. Just wrecking the timeline, being all willy nilly with the timeline, man. Yeah. Yeah. That looks interesting, man. Um, I'm not like, I like I'm, I'm a DC fan more than a Marvel fan, but I watch all the Marvel movies when they right when they come out just like i do the dc movie so um either way warner brothers and disney are taking my money so uh, <laughs> you know i could say oh i like dc better all i want but my, my money goes to marvel as well so yeah foggy gonna get the bag one way or another chris right but, uh, yeah let's not delay when it comes to this pro wrestling talk where do you want to start brother because if we go chronology chronologically uh, we'll start it Friday with uh, AEW Rampage and the return of CM Punk. Or do you want to start with SummerSlam? Because I think that's where a lot of our emotional, uh, impassioned thoughts, if you will, from the weekend came from SummerSlam. So which one do you want to hit first? Yeah, that's a good question because I can honestly do either one. Maybe we should hit the SummerSlam talk first because okay. since it's fresher in the mind, um, and then we could go circle back to the uh, talk on CM Punk. Okay, so let's let's hit SummerSlam. Took place Saturday night from Las Vegas, Sin City, if you will. Let me run through the card real quick, Chris. And then once I run through the card, you can give me kind of your impression of the show. Uh, so we had uh, on the pre-show, Big E defeated uh, bum-ass Baron Corbin. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, RK Bro, Orton, and Riddle. Defeated AJ Styles and almost for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, Alexa Bliss defeated Eva Marie. Uh, Damian Priest beat Sheamus to become your new U.S. champion. The Usos defeated Rey Mysterio and Dominic uh, to retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. Defeated Bianca Belair in 26 seconds. Chris, we might talk about that a little bit later because Becky Lynch is now your new (laughs) SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, Drew Drew McIntyre beat that man, Jinder Mahal, with a sword. uh, And and Veer and Shanky were banned from ringside. And I wish this was banned from my TV screen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But a Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair is uh, now a champion again. As she defeated Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley, uh, Edge in in the match of the night, at least in my opinion, Chris Edge beat Seth Rollins, uh, and then in your 
WWE Championship match. Bobby Lashley beat Goldberg by a ref stoppage. And finally, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns uh, defeated John Cena to retain the Universal Championship. So a lot on the card, Chris. It was a long, long, long show. So I guess real quick, what are one or two things from SummerSlam that really stood out to you, brother? Um, well, the obvious is the, the Bianca-Becky Lynch uh, match. That Talk was complete garbage. Uh, uh, the, uh, there's some other things that kind of stuck out to me, but once that match happened, um, I was completely taken out of um, the show. Um, what I found that was so interesting about that is um, our girl, uh, Denise Salcedo, mm-hmm. um, and then um, there were some other folks. Um, I think there were other people from Fightful. They did like... Um, and I, I don't think Denise Salcedo was on this show on her on her show that she does for the Observer. They were making tons of money off of super chats with people just wanting to talk about how angry they were <laughs> at Bianca losing that match. I don't think that was good business at all. Um, and we like. Um, you know, I've been, you know, called a lot of names over the weekend for um, so have you because uh, I read the comments about <laughs> having uh, uh, just just having a take that, OK, this is problematic for several mm-hmm. reasons. This is, you know, this is unconscious bias, which could be racist. So the minute you go there, mm-hmm. if you're one of us, you're automatically labeled as, oh, why do you got to bring race into it and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's like, they brought race into it by <laughs> doing this kind of thing for the second time in two years with another mm-hmm. black person. You know. What so, so what you're saying, Chris, is we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Right. Plymouth Rock landed on us in this it, way. It landed on us and left us in 26 seconds, yes. Uh, this is this is just. I mean, it's just like, like I said, the problem with wrestling. A lot of times, we've gone over this on our show at nausea. We we talked about this on every single episode, and we we haven't just picked on WWE. Mm-hmm. We've said it about AEW as well. There is unconscious bias in wrestling. And it needs to be solved. And when I say unconscious bias, I'm talking about the different types of biases that all of us have that we don't consciously think about. Mm -hmm. And I think that WWE um, is a textbook example of that. And I I think, Chris, you mentioned it. Like whenever you have people talk about or get close to uh, a topic like this, even in wrestling, people get nervous, you know, right. and, and, and they 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 feel a certain type of way. And so, like, again, I, w- I want you to clarify this, man, because I'm not saying and I don't think you're saying, but I want you to mm-hmm. say it so the people know what you're saying. Uh, like, I'm not saying that the WWE is racist. Right. I do think they have a blind spot when it comes to race and how they present people of color in their programming, though. 
and that is something that I think you're touching on with with this unconscious bias. So, like, yeah. elaborate on that, man. I'm, I'm like Vision on WandaVision, man. I, I request elaboration, my brother. Okay, so I do have my notes up in front of me. Um, so um, what I do for a living, to give you a full context of full disclosure of where I'm coming from. So um, I am a political scientist. Um, I'm a social scientist. Um, I, I went not to, only not only are you political scientist and a social scientist, but as as we see from the comments, you are a, a shoe head too, my brother. Look at all them shoes. <laughs> Travis in the chat. Shout out to Travis and everybody watching live today. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So thanks, Travis. Um, but yeah, so um, so what that means is so um, as a political scientist, I teach uh, politics and the way the political structures work. Um, as a social scientist, one of the things I do um, is I help different departments within the Los Angeles Community College District and the Ventura Community College District with um, diversity, meaning hiring diverse people. And one part of that is teaching them about unconscious bias and how you don't want to let unconscious bias blind you from you're from hiring people of quality or putting people in a box that they don't necessarily belong in. So um, the, the, there's five, six ones that I mainly stick with. Like, let's say six for the sake of this ar argument. Um, there, there's affinity bias. There's the halo effect. There's the horns effect. There's attribution bias. There's confirmation bias. Uh, and there's um, anchoring bias. Mm. And I think WWE, a lot of the times they have this affinity bias. That's the first one I put. Um, if you want to um, read more about it, go to the sourcehr.com, um, the hrsource.com rather, I think is what it is. But affinity bias, um, it leads us to favor people who we have connection or similarity to. Mm -hmm. For example, the same college growing up in the same town or reminding us of ourselves or someone we know and like. So if, if you meet somebody and you're like, where'd you go to school? And they say to you, oh, I went to UVA. Oh, I went to UVA too. So you automatically like that person. Right. And you're automatically putting good attributes to this person based on the college that they went to right so other instances would be like people will feel or uh, share an affinity um with um with with people that we've got we've just got similarities to um i'm trying to put this in in my own words so to speak so if um whereas if a person if um we, we just automatically draw ourselves to people we have an affinity with based on some kind of unconscious reason. So that's affinity bias. If you want me to go over that more, just you know hit Nate up in the chat and we will. The halo effect, and this is the one that I think WWE has probably the most. Okay, so is, go ahead. You, I, I was gonna say, because I'm, you know, I'm no professor, Chris, but does the halo effect have anything to do with Beyonce? 
kind of sort of because beyonce is one of those people that she and, and she's got fans where she could do absolutely no wrong Yo, I, I love that I was I was just going for the joke, Chris, but it actually hit on something yeah. legitimate here. <laughs> right. You're like, man, like I remember um I went to uh, this restaurant called King Taco in Pasadena. Shout out to King Taco. Um right after a Beyonce concert. Mm-hmm. And then there was these this group of girls in front of me in line and they were talking about Beyonce and they were like, um, did you like that last Beyonce song? I love Beyonce, full disclosure. I'm a Beyonce fan. And I and there was a song of hers that I didn't like as much as other songs. So I was like, right. yeah, it was okay, but not really my cup of tea. I swear these girls were about to whip my ass, man. I was like, <laughs> like what? You didn't like that Beyonce song? That's the best one. Well, I'm like, well, what about this one? That's the best one too. You know, it's like it's it, that's the halo effect. So yeah. so the halo effect. Um, occurs when we perceive one thing about a person and let that halo glow of that other thing, our opinion. So that we love this one thing about the person and we, we see them as perfect. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of times with someone like a Charlotte Flair, she gets a lot of criticism that she probably doesn't deserve Mm -hmm. because people in that company put this halo around her and um because of you know the way she looks she's blonde she's tall um she's cosmetically pleasing to the eye aesthetically pleasing i should say Mm -hmm. um so she's awarded with a certain level of prestige that other female athletes in that company probably do not get and also her father's rick flair and stuff right so, so you, you got a combination between affinity and halo with charlotte right yeah you have this 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 halo that's just around her just because of who she is as a person and the way she looks and stuff like that mm-hmm. um the horns effect is the exact opposite of the halo effect because with mm-hmm. the horns effect you are seeing the evil in the other person right um and what's bad about the horns effect is it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you think that that other person is evil it could be something as simple as oh well that person can take it right you know what i'm saying like you can look at uh charlotte and be like oh we would never um, job her in 26 seconds because she's our golden goose and she does everything correct or something like mm-hmm. that. And you could take those thoughts and you could sit and, and to someone like a Bianca, you could say, well, Bianca, she's she's a team player and she'll do this. Um, her people are used to this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go that far, but it's just you're, what you're doing with her is you are saying, this is something that I can do. So um, the halo effect occurs when we perceive one great thing about a person and let that, no, that's the halo effect. I mean, the, the horns effect is the direct opposite of the halo effect and occurs when perception of someone is duly influenced by one negative trait. Um, there was um, this girl that I dated um, before I have the, had the girlfriend that I dated like right now. 
And when she came around me, mm-hmm. she smelled exactly like the ex-girlfriend that I dumped right before her. Um, and it, and that, and, and it, and it, and that was a trigger <laughs> for me. So just solely based on that, I didn't <laughs> want to go out with her again because she had a horns effect on me that was just very, very strong. I think I can speak for the audience. Like we were all just kind of on the edge of our seats, waiting to see where the hell that story was going, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, it's like, but we, but you have to be careful in these things. And I don't know if WB has people to mm-hmm. say, hey, maybe you are using the halo effect with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, and maybe you are using the horns effect with someone like Sasha uh, Banks, who you. You know, for the first few title reigns she's had, you've jobbed her in less than a week. Or yeah. maybe you're using the horns effect for someone like a Bianca Belair, who you protected her to a certain extent, mm. and then um, you, um, you know, you pulled this stuff. What's Travers talking Another about? Another comment from Travers, Ronnie and Poe. Uh, shout out to the Brotherhood. Had a halo effect for OJ Simpson. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah, it's not the brother you should be having a halo effect. No, for, not in 2016, not in 2021, okay. probably not in 1988. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so go ahead. I was gonna say, so, so kind of tying this back around to where we started, Chris. Like, when you look at the decision that was made uh, on Saturday night, so for those that missed out, uh, it was supposed to be Bianca versus Sasha in a rematch from WrestleMania, a match that many people called, you know, the match of the night or the match of the two nights that we had for WrestleMania. But Sasha could not compete. And so they bring out Carmella as this heat magnet, you know, to get everybody mad. And then we bring back the returning Becky Lynch, who, like he says, has this halo effect not only with the company, but I think with the audience too. Because, you right. know, I, like, I like Becky. Like, I think everybody likes Becky. And then you add to the fact that she's coming back from uh, just giving birth to her first child. Like, that's a beautiful story. But then we put her in this position that we have this match with Bianca, and she goes out and just runs through this woman in Bianca Belair that you spent the better part of the last year telling us this story. And so, to the people out there, Chris, because I've heard a lot of this this past weekend, people that are just like, hey, man, just let the story play out, Chris. Just let the story play out, Nate. Like They're obviously doing something like Bianca's going to be a bigger star coming out of this weekend. What do you say to those people, Chris, in, in terms of like why you think, and I, I feel the same way, why you think that Bianca is not going to come out of this better for it. She's going to unfortunately be worse than she was before she started um i hope that isn't the case but it's just history has kind of taught us that that is the case you know Mm -hmm. um it's like um when like vince mcmahon when it comes to um these black wrestlers sometimes it's it's like almost like they're a new toy right um it's like you know or or they could be not even a new toy they could be an old toy that they're just realizing the cool features that they have, right? Mm. Like it could be like, okay, I've got this toy that I never fucking play with, but now I see 
my little brother playing with it and he's having so much fun with it. Now I want to take that toy and play with it myself, right? So with someone like a Kofi Kingston, I mean, he had Kofi Kingston in his company for a good nine years before it put the, the title on him. And it's like, okay, Kofi Kingston, he's fun to play with for a little while. But now that I have, you know, the the newest Nintendo set or whatever, I have the newest thing to play with, Kofi Kingston can go over there because he's no longer a priority. I no longer want to play with this thing. So let me let me um, put the belt back on Brock Lesnar where it belongs. And the same thing applies to Becky Lynch. It's like, let me put the belt on Becky Lynch where it belongs. It doesn't belong on um, Bianca Belair for whatever reason. The reason that we're going to automatically jump to is her being a black woman. And it's not by accident that we're jumping to this conclusion. It's what we are seeing in front of our face. And what have you seen seen several times? Um, That's not to say if you can't come up with um, a conclusive reason with conclusive evidence that that might not be what it is, mm-hmm. that we're not open to it. But I just I just don't see it. So when you say, oh, let the story play out, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's just no. because we've like I've got truth be told, I've been getting tired of WWE since 20. 2009 when the first time they screwed over the first time they screwed over uh, Kofi Kingston Mm -hmm. and you know I've been here and let the story play out nothing different's happened and then the summer of punk in 2011 Mm -hmm. you get the same let the story play out stuff and when you let the story play out you get punk not doing what he's supposed to do you get you get Kofi not main eventing you, you get a lot of different, like, things that you didn't sign up for when you got on that journey with these wrestlers. So it's yeah. just like, at the, at the, at the end, it's like, why, why are we doing this now? And, and the thing is, Chris, like, I think you and I are both saying the same thing. Like, I hope I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I hope this is the one instance where I'm wrong about what the WWE is going to do with this storyline. But yeah. what evidence do I have? Right. To support yeah. that point. Like, you know, you could say let the story play out all you want, but this company has a deficit of goodwill with me right now. Uh, yes. As opposed to AEW. And like AEW is not perfect. Like we've talked about the myriad number of ways yeah. in which AEW could improve. But AEW to me has much more goodwill at this point, much more benefit of the doubt than the WWE because we've seen the WWE squander opportunities and not just with the black wrestlers. Like you mentioned, they squandered opportunities with CM Punk. You know what I mean? It's like they mm-hmm. they are way past the limit of my kindness in terms of as a right. viewer, as a consumer, as a fan. And so you got to show me. You know, it's like I'm from Missouri. You got to show me right. that you changed in order for me to believe that you changed. And yeah, and this brings me to the fourth bias uh, talk that we talk it. about. It's attribution bias. Mm. And this this is a bias where you assign qualities to people based off of cosmetics 
or their past successes. Mm. Um, in WWE, assigning people based off of past successes is a little bit weird because they're the ones that assign right. the successes in the first place, right? <laughs> but uh, but when you're looking at like, oh, Charlotte's tall or Becky um, is this or you know white and whatever i don't know what, what the what the attribution <laughs> is but mostly with big wrestlers right it's usually like with someone like a brock lesnar mm, yeah they're big they're strong they look like they could kick your ass roman mm. reigns um looks like he can kick your ass so he doesn't necessarily have to know how to kick your ass he just needs to look the part and i'm not I, look i don't want it with roman reigns i'm just saying that <laughs> You know, you don't want that smoke, man. You don't want that travel team heat, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, these these attributions that these wrestlers have have showed us that WWE doesn't necessarily care about things. If you look at the past with WWE champs, um, women's champs, for example, Mm -hmm. who's been the champions the longest? It's always been the blondes. The ones that are very pretty, we 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 could we could take this to like Kelly Kelly, you know what I'm saying? Or not even who's been champions, but who's mm-hmm. been the faces? Who's of been them. featured? Yeah, you're, you're, we're talking about Sable. Yeah, we're talking Tori about Wilson. Sunny. We're talking about Tori. We're talking about this is what WWE's standard Trish. of beauty. Trish, this is what their status yeah. of standard. Of and beauty this is, is and this is not just to be clear because I know somebody's probably already getting ready to type up some comments. This is not to denigrate those women. Like, you know, they right. all worked hard. Like, and, and like, I'm a fan of Trish and Tori and a lot of them, man. But there is a type with yes. the WWE when it comes to who is going to be our featured talent. Yes. And then, then, then yeah, and that's, that's where the attribution bias comes in. It's like, okay, if you have these qualities, if you look this way, if you talk this way, um, if Vince McMahon thinks that you would look good standing next to him, you have fulfilled all of the attributes for the attribution bias. Um, and I don't think that most of the black wrestlers fulfill the attributes that that company wants them to have as far as just what they think is aesthetically good looking who they think mm-hmm. men want today like i think that um all those black women in that company are fine you know i like them all <laughs> I, I liked um karma when she was there you know what i'm saying but just because i like them that doesn't mean that these people like them so there's mm-hmm. there's a bias there well like if you, if you hold on chris hold on because you're talking about biases right now yeah, and and a lot of people might think that we're biased just because of the way that we look on this screen right now. But let me right. bring in somebody right now that ha- that has no bias, somebody whose opinion on pro wrestling is impeachable. Ladies and gentlemen, you know this man; he's a friend of the program. We're gonna take that Texas two step and bring in the one and only TJ McClune. TJ, what's good, what's up, brother? TJ? <laughs> Hello, is that Dan Housen T-shirt? <laughs> no, this is uh I, I mentioned it no, earlier. No, 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 is... your your new co-host, not Marcus. Oh, Chris. Chris oh, no, this what's... is uh the wire. Ah, we've got enough. the wire and we've got Loki. So we're, we're <laughs> both shilling corporate. Stringer Bell, Dayton Housen, same person. 
<laughs> uh, so TJ, uh, I guess you can hop in on this conversation because we're talking about SummerSlam to start off with. Uh, what were your early impressions of the show? And then to the point that Chris and I were just, you know, talking about the Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch match. Like, how did that leave you? Not only as a fan, because uh, I, you know, I know that you've been following this stuff and covering this stuff for a long time. But as somebody who's promoted wrestling events, TJ, like, what did what did that match in in particular? Uh, how did that match make you feel, brother? Good. No, I don't say good because of well, I mean, look at me. But. Good in the sense of, especially for the last name being McAloon and Becky being Lynch and shout out Ireland, but <laughs> good in the sense of you don't want everything to be the same. You mm-hmm. like those quick matches that it could end because Bianca's not ready. She gets punched. And next you know, she gets a finisher, one, two, three, because, you know, a finisher, shocking, is supposed to finish a match, mm-hmm. not kick out 6,000 times and do 16 one-winged flipping angels and do a bunch of Coda neck breakers or whatever, and have 20 kickouts. <laughs> it's a finisher. Finish the match. It was over in 20 seconds. Unexpected. Do we complain whenever a UFC match ends in 15 seconds? Did we complain when Tyson was knocking people's heads off in 28 seconds? No. We shouldn't complain now because a wrestling match doesn't go 28 minutes no. and slog and bore and okay. maybe. Be- and maybe let, let, right. let, let, let him finish, Chris. Let him finish. Just the one. No, no, time. go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because it's an unpopular opinion that it's fine. Let it play no. out. No, also, wrestling also, is Chris, not hold on, real. hold on one second, Chris. One second, because I will say this is a first. This is the first time I have ever in in the history of my broadcasting career wanted a white man to talk over a black man. So we have made history here, boys. Chris, <laughs> talk, no, you mean not when you had Ben Shapiro on? <laughs> wrestling is not real. That's the mm-hmm. that's the difference. Mike Tyson isn't scripted to knock the fuck out of Peter McNeely. He actually does it. Yeah, I mean, he, he, that's what he does. That's that's <laughs> what he does. And people have this bloodthirst to where they want to see somebody just get their ass knocked out. Mm-hmm. Becky, if I'm looking at wrestling, and I don't even know what the fuck wrestling is according to WWE now, because it's like okay. We are storylines. We're sports entertainment. Monday. But then when somebody like CM Punk says in an AEW promo, okay, I left wrestling in 05 and came back in 2021, half the people in WWE want to get all upset and be like, oh, that was a slight on WWE. You guys have called, you guys have said yourselves that you are not wrestling. You are sports entertainment. I, I've been hearing that corporate line since I was five. I'm 40 now, and I still don't know what the fuck it means. Like, what's sports movies, entertainment? I'm, I'm a, I, am into, I am into sports that entertain me. Basketball is, a, is sports entertainment as far as I'm concerned. Baseball is. So I'm trying to understand this stuff. The Becky Lynch stuff was shitty fucking story writing. That's all it is, man. It's, it's not, oh, well, if you would, no, it's stupid. It's- well, I think with, with, with TJ, I think TJ is right, but he's wrong. You know, I think you're right, TJ, in the fact that that unexpectedness, that, that flash knockout, that flash pin, like it can do a lot to enhance a story. I just don't think this was a story where you utilize that tool. Like, it's, well, it's go ahead. TJ. It got off to a bad start. It got mm-hmm. off to a bad start. 
let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'll take it back to 28, back in what year was WrestleMania in 28? 2012, was it? 11? My years are messed up. Never have kids. Um, they screwed <laughs> yeah. Um Daniel Bryan gets knocked out by Sheamus. Everyone yes. gets all up in arms because Daniel Bryan, blah, 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 blah. That shouldn't have happened. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Guess what? It led to the yes movement two years later. And we get a happy ending. And then he gets concussion. And it goes sideways. And now Daniel Bryan is still over. But whatever. It got us to where we need to be two years mm-hmm. down the road. Yes, it got off to a bad start here because mm-hmm. it got it made a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Yeah. But let's see where it goes. My, Much my like only, my only push, hold on, Chris. My, my only pushback on that, TJ, is like I, I agree with what you're saying. Like it led to the yes movement, but I don't think that was their intention to lead it to wasn't. the yes movement. But it still got there. It's not my intention to have two kids, but here I am with two kids now. <laughs> Look, man, don't, 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 don't put your kids. Into- <laughs> so your kids are the Daniel Bryan of your life. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was twenty-eight seconds. So yeah. I <laughs> so, but anyway, that was a, that was a fortunate accident. That was mm. that was happenstance. That wasn't anything that WWE wrote cleverly into the storyline it was it was they went to daniel bryan putting him in main events and belts on him they did it kicking and screaming and now if you look at where we're at now he doesn't even want to wrestle for them anymore sheamus is still wrestling for them and he's got this dorky little mask thing on his face man he's just like these guys the are going- hamilton i was yeah. saying tribute to rip hamilton man show some respect uh, yeah, I'll do that uh, Rip Hamilton look with uh, Wizards Dark Legend LeBron Hamilton. circa 2012 when he tried to be yeah. all cool and people were like, "Yeah, this ain't it, LeBron. Sorry, no. man. take 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 that mud off your face." Right, but yeah, I, I think that with um, with WWE because I already grade these people on a curve. I really do. Um, but I'm but the one thing I'm not gonna do is mm-hmm. like. And I'm not going to do this with um, AEW either. I'm not going to pretend that something is good or well-constructed when it's clearly not. And I feel like I get a lot of this with WWE fans. It's like, you know, this this let's see where it's played out. Like I said, I've been checked out of WWE since after the um, Summer of Punk ended in 2011 because it's just a lot of things that – um, from the construction of their universe don't make sense to me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's all I ask for. It's show. doesn't matter if it's a show, wrestling company, whatever. It's just got to make sense in the universe in which you're telling the story. So when I'm watching AEW and I see people kicked out, kick out of like 300 one-winged angels or whatever, <laughs> that's the, that's the universe that they've constructed in AEW. So I, so when I'm watching AEW, I expect that kind of thing. Like WWE, their universe it just doesn't like their universe is written like if um, if I'm watching Batman and all of a sudden he um, just starts making out with the Joker, and that's the end of the show, you know. It's, it's like that's not where this was going, but we somehow got here. 
You got to let the story play out, Chris. We live in a society. <laughs> you know, it's, we it's, live in a society. It's just, and I and I and and I've and like I've said, I've I've been doing this with with WWE for years, and I think they're at a point now where this is just this, this let the story play out stuff um, is not gonna fly with people, especially when there are viable mm-hmm. alternatives out there. Well, I wanted to, I wanted to bring that to TJ because TJ. You're right. Like they could, they could turn this around. But like, I think you can hear from Chris, and I'm, I'm certainly in, in, in that camp. Like, I don't know if I have the faith in them that they, that they'll be able to turn this around. Do you have faith that they can turn this Becky Bianca story into something good? Well, no, because nowadays no one wants a long, drawn out storyline. People want stuff to conclude within two weeks. I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. Where. I look at AEW and I look at what they're doing with Heyman Page, and I was having this conversation with one of my friends who I used to do Inspire Pro with in Austin, Texas, and he's like, no, man, you don't understand. This is a great storyline. And I'm like, Adam Page is the Buffalo Bills of wrestling right now. Every time he gets a big push or big moment, he fails, loses, and gets shuffled back down to gets shuffled back down to the bottom of the, not bottom of the car, but he gets left behind for mm-hmm. another former WWE guy who comes into the promotion. So why do I buy into his storyline? Much like Bianca, there could be a long, drawn-out play that culminates in Dallas at WrestleMania 37 or 8, whatever number they're up to. And it's all worth it because it started here, that built the, the, the Rumble, then it goes to mm-hmm. insert money, whatever, pay-per-view, bank, extreme... You know, great balls of fire. People that have in between, as you can tell, I haven't. I've checked out their product as well, and despite me backing it, uh, it's just we just don't have the tendency to let it play out, let it sit, and let it go. It's just nope, terrible, awful. I hate it. It's the worst storyline ever, and cancel the WWE Network. I, I hope, I hope they can turn this around, TJ, because just from what I saw Saturday, like it feels to me like you put. Becky and Bianca in a bad situation, particularly if like the rumors are true, you know, that we want Becky to be a heel. Like, I, like, I don't know if the fans want to boo Becky Lynch. Like this woman that just, just came back from having a baby. Like we missed Becky and now you want us to boo Becky. Like, I, I don't know if, if, if the audience is going to be able to go along with the story, man. Can we get Beyonce to, to, to record another track with Becky with the good hair? Can we get that back going? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Because, I mean, it's uh, another time where another female gets knocked out by Becky with the good hair and gets yes. knocked down a peg. I mean, just if you're named yes. Becky, man, just stay away. It's not good. Speaking of good hair, TJ, because this leads me to the other big moment from SummerSlam I wanted to ask you about. Because uh, we, we saw, you know, Roman took out big match Johnny, peacemaker out here. And then when that match concluded, we, we saw, not only did we see Brock Lesnar, TJ, we saw that Brock ponytail come through. Uh, what? Are you excited for the, the, the prospect here of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns fighting for custody of Paul Heyman? Babyface Brock with a ponytail. It's pretty nice. Uh, only if Brock can come back with the ponytail and get some dance more, then I'll be excited for that. As Brock with the boombox, the money in the bank was solid. I mean, Brock's entertaining. It's, it's, it'd be nice to see him without a mouthpiece and see where they go from there. So on that aspect, yes, I'm interested. By Roman Reigns, yes, I'm interested because he is the best wrestler going today in the entire business industry. I will put him over anyone else that's going on, either New Japan or AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or anywhere. The dude is the best going right now. 
Uh, so in that aspect, yes. Brock Lesnar, I'm always interested because much like the Becky Lynch match, you could go 10 minutes, you could go two minutes, you could go 15 seconds, it could go 30. You don't know what's going to happen. And yes, I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I am too. Like the, on this one, you and I are in the same boat, TJ. Like I, I think Brock and Roman with Heyman is a really compelling story. At least it has potential to be a compelling story. WrestleMania 31 story. was great when they got busted open. Yep. It was phenomenal. Anytime you put them together, they just go at it and they can go wild and they don't mind actually potatoing each other and getting yeah. really hit. So, and, and they've got, like, like you said, they've got a history. And I think as opposed to maybe some other storylines where we lose track of continuity because you've got Heyman working on this, like they're going to bring up all this history and, and that could make for some really compelling TV. And, and. I'm not sure this is going to happen because this will make the most sense. They go to war. Brock wins. What do you hear? But Wale kick on, and here comes Big E to cash in, and he avenges the many New Day losses to Brock Lesnar. Yes, I did it for I did it for the Kofi. Right. I, I I think that um, now if we're talking about letting things breathe or something, um, I think this is an instance where. I thought it was okay that Lesnar came out on 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 Saturday at SummerSlam. I wouldn't have done it exactly that way. I would have probably waited like a couple weeks or so, um, because I don't want them. Because I do think if they if they're fighting next month at Extreme Rules, um, I don't think there's any chance that. Um, Brock Lesnar is beating Roman Reigns. I just, I just don't. I, think, I don't. I think that's a match you gotta, you gotta save for Survivor Series, right? I hope oh. so. But I heard, but I'm reading um, in uh, these wrestling trades that they want to do that match at um, Extreme like, Rules. Like a month, a month seems a little quick to me, TJ. Oof, no, I mean, you wonder also if, like we're saying, they had this in the back pocket. Let's wait. But, oh, by the way, here comes old CM Punk in Chicago yep. on Friday. Yep. They see the big pop and they go, all right, you played your ace. We'll play our ace and let's look at this pop go off. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just not I, – I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see how this plays out. That's just not – to me, that's, there's just nothing compelling about doing that. It's like you got to you gotta have – like. I, first of all, I am kind of feeling Brock Lesnar with the uh, Goro haircut. <laughs> he should, he yeah. should have been in Mortal Kombat as Goro. They still have uh, Warner Brothers still has a chance to use him as Kentaro uh, in Mortal Kombat too. So I hope they take advantage of that. Um, I, I I I would prefer Lesnar and Lashley, mm. but mm-hmm. if we do not get that. I think that Lesnar and Lashley at least need to pass each other in the hallway. Mm-hmm. They they got to do something like that to let us know that they see each other, that that is eventually going to happen. Um, I don't I don't think that um, I know that the roles are reversed and and Heyman is kind of there as you know the um, the jilted lover torn between two uh guys so i i get it from that from that uh perspective i just don't i i'm just i'm just tired of um of lesnar and um and uh 
not in uh, Roman Reigns matches. I, I think that I don't, I don't, and I don't know if uh, you don't, you don't think it's different with with this new tribal chief Roman. Like that, I think, that it's, I think it's, I think it's different enough. Like I'm not ready to like, like say oh, I'm not, I'm going to cancel the network because of it. But I just don't for for well, my fair, Peacock already did that for you, though. Yeah. yeah, I ain't canceling parking parks and recs in the office. All right, sorry. That's that. That's my white side coming out there. That can't. That doesn't allow me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I yeah. will co-sign the office too. I, I do. Love yeah, this and I, I watched Parks and Rec as well. But yeah, I just think that um that um that I I, I, I for for the um Lesnar and Rain stuff. That's one thing. One thing. That I'm kind of willing to see where it goes, mm-hmm. but I got I got like a, a week or two for them to make me care because I'm I because I'm just on the I'm I'm at my wits end with WWE and caring. So mm-hmm. um, and the the thing about me the difference between me back then and now is now I have an AEW program mm-hmm. to watch that is more compelling to me okay so, okay like well, let's, the, the, let's stay here for a second and chris yeah. this is a great segue to our next topic tj because friday night we saw the return of a man that brought tears to grown folks eyes a man that brought joy to an entire arena in a way that the bulls haven't in years a man that brought ice cream to the people, TJ. Uh, what, what did TJ McClune make of CM Punk's debut on AW Rampage, which did big numbers? Uh, were, were you excited about it? Did, did you have a, a tear in your eye when, when, when that man came on your screen, TJ? I thought you were going to talk about the thing everyone came to see, which was Jade Cardgill and Hero Hogan. I thought that's why everyone came to show up on Friday. Um, which, you want to dog on AEW for, or dog on WWE for not treating women right. 20 seconds for that match, sandwiched between a tag match and the main event. I mean, come on now. Oh. Um, but I digress. Um, <laughs> I like the random just uh, counterpoint. Yes. Um, so CM Punk. Yes, I was excited for it. A part of me thought it wasn't going to happen because mm-hmm. I don't believe things until I actually see it on my television. So same, same. I thought maybe they were just not going to happen. Um, it was nice. It was great. Phenomenal pop. Great to see him back. Great to see him interact with the crowd. He seems like he's a better place. He's much smaller since the last time we saw him. Mm-hmm. That look came out to, a little bit to me. Um, but the thing was, after it was over, what I did, I had it on my YouTube TV and my phone. They turned off. We didn't watch the rest of the show. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only one because if you look at the metric from when he came out, 1.3. And by the time the show ended, barely over a million people. It's 300,000 people that stopped watching from when he came on to when he, the show finished. I'm not saying something to be concerned about, but it's going to be interesting what happens to the rating tomorrow, next this coming Friday, a week from now, a month from now. Do they get over 1-3? Does it build? Do they get back to 600,000? That's it's going to be a little interesting to see. Yeah, I think tomorrow they'll be fine because it's like the first Dynamite. So I think they'll still do a big number with with Punk on Dynamite. But to your larger point, TJ, how sustainable is this? 
it all comes back to what we were just talking about with WWE. Like, what's the story you're telling with CM yeah. Punk? Because I like like you, I I really enjoyed his comeback. Like I, full disclosure, like I've never been the hugest CM Punk fan, but even me, like that first twenty minutes of that show was awesome, and just interacting with people on social media and and just people hitting me up in the inbox and it's like yeah like this is a really fun moment for wrestling fans but i do think like a lot of people maybe checked out after punk was done uh so we'll see 300,000 yeah 300,000 that's a a lot of people but 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 still that's still double what they got even by the end of the show then they got the first week of this show because at the the first week mm-hmm. of the show they topped out at five hundred, not five hundred, seven hundred, some thousand. Yeah. So I mean, we got to keep things in perspective. There's a million people who saw the awesomeness of Jay Cargill um, in that brief two minute showcase. A million people that would not have watched her had Punk not been on that show mm-hmm. because. That's not even what the show, the sh- I don't even think the Friday show um, last week, uh, the week before last, when that, the, the first episode, yeah. I don't think it ever reached um, a million viewers at any point during the show. No. So we've, we've got to look at things like that. And as far as, you know, people getting shortchanged, it was the very first episode of the show. So it's just um, as a natural thing, people are going to get shortchanged. TJ got a run in, running from the kid. You can hear that? I wasn't sure if you could hear him talking yeah. from all the way over there. Yes. Got to go to Target. Potential podcast. I mean, I, I should have muted on that one because it's making a good point. You're, you're exactly right. A million people saw Jade, they saw the debut of Kier Hogan. They saw the future of AEW's women's division of Jade. Yeah. You're exactly right. Now, was it only two minutes? It was only two minutes, but still, that's two minutes more than she would have gotten, you know, if she was somewhere else and not as many people. So mm-hmm. that part is good. I'm just, it's just, it's, it's just interesting that that many people saw Punk, and then instead of keeping the show going, you'd be like, you know what? Let me keep this on. Mm-hmm. They were like, I'm out. I don't need to see Jurassic Express against whomever they're going against in that tag match. That's how Betcham, I didn't care. There was something with the uh, Young Bucks came out, and I think Nick was wearing a Jordan 93-esque type of uh, uh, romper. Yeah, that was, I don't that know. was awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? speaking of the Young Bucks, and if Kenny and all of them are like, trying to play off the last dance and all that, why has no one been in the back of a bus with a disc man on, bouncing their head back and forth or something? Yes. I think that might be better be. We need Kenny Omega listening to Kenny Lattimore. Right. Something. That was one of the, that was the biggest things. I mean, sure enough, someone put like CM Punk to the gif of the security guard doing the head shoulders, you know, the little, yes. little thing back here. No, one of the most famous moments was uh, the whole back of the bus. And where's Rodman? What you couldn't get Rodman for you last <laughs> Friday show? I mean, it's a first dance. Where's Rodman? Coach somebody. Shout out uh speaking of Chicago, shout out to Shy Town Zone. Steve Willie. Uh, of course, my, I was to Yes, my tag team partner at Place to Be Nation, who uh, commented TJ. Uh, that yeah. was four times longer than Bianca got. This is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're 400% more, that's pretty good. I mean, I would probably have six kids if I did that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's like, look, man, we, we all have to just keep it real with ourselves. You can pick as many nits as you want, 
with um, AEW's debut episode with Punk's debut. Um, but but you're picking the fuck out of those nicks. That's what it's, like it's, 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 it's ne- like it's never going to be perfect. I, I would agree with that, Chris. Yeah. I think to TJ's point though, like with the people that checked out, I don't know how much of this was a factor, TJ. But I'm wondering if we'll see that difference on Dynamite because Dynamite's a show that starts at eight versus a show that starts at ten. And I wonder on, like, a, on a Friday night, right? I and think, a Wednesday in the yeah, summer. Yeah, there's a difference between a Wednesday and a Friday. I think we might see a difference there. So I'm, I'm excited for what they do with Punk. Um, I, I do think the biggest thing with Punk, though, if you're AEW, is not so much the ratings, even though that's great. It's not so much the merch, even though that's great, too. It's what does Punk bring you back for your investment? And specifically when we're looking at people like Darby Allen, uh, particularly when we're looking at maybe, you know, I, I think I'd love to see CM Punk interact with a Sammy Guevara. TJ, like what mm. can punk do like a powerhouse Hobbs? What can punk do to bring up these young guys that you've got on the roster? So I'll say this. Yes, you're right. I want to see him interact with some other people. I also think it would have, I mean, this is being like you say, nitpicky. It might have behooved them to do the punk debut later in the show so that you build the audience, you build the number, you start at a one, three, and maybe it goes to one, five because people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's coming later. We'll see. But, and I'm going to name drop here, I texted MJ and I said, how awesome would it have been, because you're out of a feud with Jericho, if at the beginning of the show, they kind of play cult personality, they might just play that front little, like, you know, static mm-hmm. thing, and you come out in a gray hoodie with wrist tape on <laughs> and just knee and do the little line in the sand thing and yep. check your watch and throw the hoodie off and it's you. That place would have gone bananas. Yeah, it would have been. It would have, I mean, you would have gotten that huge heel reaction, mm-hmm. and then you're off and running with his next feud. I, th- I think, though, the, the, like, I love that idea, TJ. I think maybe if I'm Tony Khan, and if if I was Tony Khan, this show probably isn't happening because I'm Tony Khan and I'm living in my Scrooge McDuck mansion. You're busy going 1-16 in with the Jaguars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried that I made a bad investment in Trevor Lawrence after that game uh, this past Urban week. Urban Meyer's going to complain. He's going to be like George Jefferson yelling for Elizabeth is hard. Gonna... Yeah. Uh, but I think oh, that's be... Fred Sanford that does that. that yeah, it is. <laughs> ah, all right, I'm, I'm 39, not 76. I, I, <laughs> I, I think maybe the only reason you don't wait for Punk is – you don't want that audience to get out of your control. No, you, you, you don't do. want them to get too rowdy and yeah. overshadow, ah, it. overshadow the rest it. of the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting angry. I, 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 I highly disagree. TJ is, TJ is choosing all the violence. I want yeah. Mouse the Palace anger. Nah, nah. I, I, I think that they did the right thing as far as bringing about at the beginning. Plus, you don't know what kind of deal uh, Tony Khan worked out with um, – living color right they, yeah. you know you're buying my shit they probably like that i want to hear that song i think this past week they they said they're back in the top five in, in yeah. the rock category so shout out to them dudes right yeah and I, the, the, go ahead i'll say i saw someone make the joke of hey they bought the rights to living color yeah <laughs> in living color wait yes. what and then they someone made a titantron to the in living color theme to see him punk, and I'm like, I want that. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, heavy DRIP. Yeah, like yeah, but that 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 people don't understand how important that a uh, living color song is, man. Uh, to to see him punk, and I think that what that's what endures him to a lot of uh, our mm. culture, man. Because 
Um, and I, that though, because I was listening to Pollock, he was coming up with shout all kinds of, I, yeah, shout out to him. But he was coming up with all kinds of just ideas for Puck to come out to any song but Cult of Personality. <laughs> I was like, dude, are you insane, man? Like, do you know how many black people will collectively turn on that man <laughs> if, he, if he comes out to, to something okay, else? So- Okay, so we're, unless we're, he comes out to hit him up by Tupac, oh, then yeah, I've been yeah. like, all right, he's got some beef to go against, and he wants to get some stuff off his chest. Let's take a look here. Speaking like you can't say Chicago, you can't bring up the Windy City without Jermaine popping up. It's like Candyman. You say Chicago three times, and Jermaine is gonna pop up. Jermaine with the comment, Chicago is an incredible wrestling city. I would agree, Jermaine. Like Chicago is great. Uh, my only problem. With Chicago and AWTJ is like it felt like they were leaning on that a lot, uh, almost to to the point where it's a crutch. But like you can't argue with what they got Friday night from Chicago. Like that, hmm. yeah. that was great. That like, crowd was amazing. And so hopefully- this is this is like Jeter playing for the Yankees. Of course, it's going to be a Hall of Fame because he yep. was right in the right place, at the right time. You do that uh, entrance in Des Moines, Iowa, it's <laughs> not going to pop the same way as it does the United Center. Well, speaking, right. of, speaking of the Yankees, like I'm glad that you brought that up because now the next test for me, if I'm AEW, is does this translate to New York when we go to the Arthur Ashe Stadium? You know, does this translate to some of these other cities? Like they just announced uh, they'll be coming to Norfolk, my neck of the woods, in October. Like is this promotion still going to be that hot when we get further on into this year and – are they able to capitalize on this momentum that they've gotten by bringing CM Punk into the promotion? Um, I think that they can. I, th- I think with Daniel Bryan, I don't think it'll be as secretive as the Punk one was. And I do think, well, like when if they bring in a, somebody like a Bray Wyatt, I think they might need to give Bray Wyatt like the vignette treatment where they just kind of put in these little teaser vignettes for when it happens Mm -hmm. because i do think that now the dilemma that tony khan might be in is and i hate to say it like this but it's cm punk has to be the face of that company at the moment man every metric points to that Mm -hmm. he's got to be their world champion until you can build a sustainable storyline mm. with him and somebody else. He's got to at least be chasing for that, though. Okay, so I'm, I'm of two minds about this. Um, yeah. And I want to hear what you have to th- say about this, TJ. As somebody that, unlike me or Chris, you've actually been in, in that Tony Khan seat, man. Maybe not as luxurious, but you've been in a similar seat as TK. Uh, what what would you do with, with CM Punk? Would he be your next world champion, or would you – be able to sustain him as a hot act without having to put that belt on. I bring us back to my original thing I said about 20 minutes ago. Feel bad for the Buffalo Bills. That is an Adam Page. He's supposed to be the face of that company. Now he's being left off to the side because someone with a bigger name and a bigger cachet can carry the brand. But have him chase. And who's he going to chase? Kenny Omega? He's not a good chaser. He's, I mean, yeah, you can go for the best in the world and blah, 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 and we'll have 28 matches, and I'll get bored to death after 10 of it because I don't I get tired of that crap. Because I know a match <laughs> like that's going to go 40, and I'm like, all right, great. I'll go <laughs> in and check my phone and check Twitter and go make something to eat. And, oh, crap, there's still 40 minutes left. But put it on the heel. Put the title on MJF. Let him build that verbal sparring. Like Kenny Omega. 
can't verbally spar with a CM Punk. Darby Allen can't do it. Sting, nope. Ethan Page, maybe. Um, my boy Ricky Starks, definitely. But then again, I personally know him, so I'm, of course I'm gonna I'm gonna cape for my guy here in Austin, Texas. So you put on someone that can actually go toe to toe with them and actually build a credible story and actually be someone that can cross over the mainstream because that's the reason why AEW got the ring they did is because they had that mainstream appeal of everyone talking about it. Daniel Bryan, if he comes out, or Bryan Danielson in New York, it's not going to be as big. It's going to be big in the crowd. It'll be big within the AEW bubble. Yeah. But outside of that, it's not going to make a rating. It's not going to do as big. So we got another comment from uh, Steve Willie here. Steve saying that, uh, you know, he – actually, I hit the wrong comment. Let's go to this. He's thinking of Jermaine. There we go. Steve's saying, uh, hoping that they spread out these debuts like way apart from each other. I I would agree because well, they're I not think- doing that with the Punk debut. Not I mean the Brian debut. That that's happening uh, <laughs> at that I, Arthur Ashe thing. Yeah, it'll be as big I, though. It's I, not going right, to be as that's big. A big event. But yeah. I know, it, but it's not. It's not going to be. So when Punk debuted, it was yeah. trending number one. It was on yeah. ESPN. It was covered by Willis and Levitard show yesterday. They talked yeah. about it for about twenty minutes on I think hour two about how AEW is catching up and passing WWE and it's a big story and blah, 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 blah. Brian Danielson's not going to do that. Bray Wyatt's not going to do that. If they bring in Okada, not going to do it. Brian Danielson is at least the macho man. CM Punk yeah. can beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Diane, Bray, Diane, Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan, D- DBD, Daniel Bryan Danielson. Uh, Birdie. He is at least the macho man. So he's going to make some noise. He can he can show up at um, Arthur Ashe Stadium and he could be like, yo, I don't know if I'm going to shake your hand, CM Punk, or smack you in the fucking face. Well, I also uh, think Daniel Bryan, like CM Punk is going to be the guy that's there, but he's not going to be there every week. Where right. Daniel, Bryan's in the, Daniel Bryan is a guy that I could see being more like the guy that's there every week, TJ. Right, yeah. Oh, TJ, I'm glad you brought up the Hulk Hogan side, though, because I put this out there on Twitter that AEW signing or AEW signing Punk is like when Hogan signed with WCW. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I got the marks of, no, he's better than Hogan. I'm like, you idiot. You missed my point. That's that's yeah. not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I got Hogan, you. Or, Punk's not racist. I'm like, ah, God, I hate social media so much. We don't have to. I, I get your analogy. It's a it's a it's a viable analogy. But my whole thing with with that is, I just think AEW at the moment. I don't. I love all the AEW originals. I love Hangman. Uh, hey I love. I don't love MJF, but he does what he does, and people like him. So you know, um, I like um, Ricky Starks. All of them. But I'm just saying, man, I don't like want to use that Triple H line, but you you, you got to ride this momentum wave, unfortunately. Well, well, the Force thing is you, you want to ride the momentum, but you also want to, you know, to, to get into physics here, TJ, because I know, you know, you 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 dabble in, in, in physics from time to time. Like you want to keep that momentum that you get from a punk that you get from a Brian but you want to find a way to transfer that energy, transfer that momentum to a Ricky Starks, to a Darby Allen, to a Sammy Guevara, to a Powerhouse Hobbs, to a Hangman Page eventually over time so that you're not yeah. dependent on dudes in their 40s to carry this company. 
or you beat uh, Kenny Omega in 26 seconds and people are cheer about it and do <laughs> verbal gymnastics no, about why that's okay. No, that would be fucked up. You can't do that to <laughs> Omega. You can't do that to any of your originals. You got to respect your originals, but your originals also have to understand that this is a dawning of a new era. And it's just, it just is what it is. Okay, and we got, we got some, we got some comments here. From Go Jermaine, ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the good comment, and I'm not gonna read the other comment Jermaine put because it's slanderous. Uh, but Jermaine, he's got saying, a point though. He's Tony undefeated Khan without a title match. Daddy's money Shocking has that saved my interest in pro wrestling. Yeah, he also mentioned that uh, MJF is undefeated and hasn't gotten a title match. Uh, and and so like uh, on 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 those points, TJ, uh, the MJF point, but also the Tony Khan point. Like, you know, we. As somebody that watched TNA and covered TNA for years, like the joke was Dixie's like throwing her daddy's money down the drain. Whereas with Tony Khan, like Tony Khan is wisely investing his his daddy's money, it seems. Right. Yeah, and it helps that it's their company. They don't have to answer to a panda energy. Or if Shadi Khan had a you know a, I guess an umbrella corporation that was funneling all this stuff. Tony, he's invested well. He can siphon the money from, I guess, Fulham FC. He's got the ownership into there. Uh, his other investments with his sport track company that, I mean, if he needs to, he can go for money on that one. So he yeah. owns it and he's paying for it and he's really not at the crutch of anyone. And also, I think they got, what, $60 million from Turner right. to yeah. run their shows yeah. for the next four years. That helps. Once his yeah. video game launches, let's see if that helps. You yeah. know, it's, it, it, it's and I, not I think going thing away too, anytime soon. TJ, like another, you know, we've, we've had a lot of talk about revenue streams over the past few weeks in pertaining to the WWE. But I think if you look at AEW, the, 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 the contract you mentioned with Turner is a big deal. I think eventually we might end up seeing AEW on HBO Max, which is even more money for the company because Warner's going to yeah. need to keep up in this arms race with Disney Plus and with Netflix and these other streaming services. So we need all the content we can get. I just got it. Forget the Monday Night Wars. Forget the Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> We're going to get a streaming wars. Yes. Paramount Plus, Peacock. Yes. Bring it on. I cannot wait for the 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 you know the, the streaming wars 20-part series that we're going to be having in 2050. Yeah, I just want like the the interviews with with Lance Storm, just like you know, I was, I I knew it was a big deal when I when I logged onto Hulu and saw Darby Allen looking back at me. That That's was, right. That that was a that was a needle moving moment. <laughs> that crossover on Two Broke Girls. <laughs> Is that show still in production? I don't know. Clue. No, I saw ones it's with. Not. It's okay. Good. <laughs> Chris would know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we I, showed up on CSI. Yes. Um, uh. Any, any other thoughts about AEW, TJ? Because I, I, I think that the punk story is still a big story. My biggest question, though, is what do you do next? How do you transfer all of this attention and all of this goodwill that you're getting right now from your audience? How do you transfer that into continued repeat customers? Well, they, they're, they don't, they're not going to have another signing bigger than CM Punk on Friday. No. And it's, 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 it's like when Nick Khan went on and said, with Vince about, yeah, we fire people and let them pick up who we just let go. Paraphrasing, but, you know, the people who we let go, they get picked up. Like, we're funneling their roster. Mm -hmm. And it's true. All no. their signees, they were big, but they weren't CM Punk's level. So until someone bigger than Punk comes over, it's just going to be another signing from WWE to AEW, which is good. It will attract the wrestling bubble, but it's not doing anything to bring in 
the fringe fans that haven't tuned in since 2002. Well, who are they? Who are they bringing in? That like, like, cause I, cause I hear this narrative all the time. I think the problem that WWE is having is that no guys from AEW are crossing over to WWE because I don't really know. Yet. Like, yeah, exactly. Yet, but we'll what well, once because right now it's just. You, you know, it's I'm not going to say it's not a war, but it's more so just you, I think Tony Khan would be a, would be a nut to not pick up the guys that are on the market right now. As I'm talking about Punk, Brian, um, Malachi Black and uh, Bray Wyatt. The rest of those guys can he can either get or pass on. But I think if he's got an idea for them it's fine to get them, but it's not like, you know, I'm watching um, Matt Cardona main event um, <laughs> every week. The slander. No, I'm just he had saying. the best story in the summer, though. His storyline is the best one this summer. He, he's great, but my point is, it's like he's, uh, there are a lot of guys at WWE let go mm-hmm. that are without a home. And there's, and, and, and it's, and it's the thing about AEW also is we know a lot of their homegrown guys. This is just a fact. It's like you can say, oh, they're just bringing in WWE guys, but you know who Darby Allen is. You know who MJF is. You know who Hangman Adam Page is. You know who Kenny Omega is. You know who the Bucks are. See, it's not just, oh, let's, we, we've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Let's take the belt off of Steve Austin and put it on Hacksaw. It's not a situation like that. I think a lot of fans, TJ, they might be having kind of trauma from the impact years, the TNA years, where we saw a company (laughs) in a similar situation that you could say they did a similar thing in terms of acquiring former WWE talent. But I think the biggest difference is how you use them, right? Because with impact, time after time after time, we saw these guys come in and get pushed to the top ahead of your homegrown dudes. But with AEW, it feels more like, yes, if you get a CM Punk or you get a Daniel Bryan, those guys will cut the line because they kind of have to cut the line. But everybody else will fit them in where they need to be. Like, you know, I think Miro is at a good point right now in AEW. You know, somebody like... uh, 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 Spears, Sean Spears. Yeah, I was going to say Sean Spears has a role where he's not overshadowing people he's he's got a nice sean spears role and i think that to me tj is like the difference between what tony khan is doing and what dixie carter did so i can't expect brian punk maybe the revival and let's see a throw a fifth one in we'll put malachi black in a suit and we'll just redo the millionaire uh, boys club or whatever that was <laughs> main a, event mafia that's a aw's main event mafia yeah, yeah. i bring booker t in what's he doing right now He's shitting on AEW is what he's doing at the moment. He's shitting on Booker T is the king of finessing, man. Because Booker T, he knows TJ. Like, to me, anytime Booker T says something that seems like a shot at AEW, I feel like Booker knows the right amount to go at AEW that will make his current employers happy. But he doesn't go too far in that if something happens with his current spot, he won't eventually be able to get a job with the other company. Like, I think Booker knows how to finesse, how to walk that line. I mean, maybe he can come in and do commentary as he's beating people up again. <laughs> a little, yeah. little black snow because action. He, he, he 
needs, but like to be honest, he needs to have a good working relationship with um, AEW and WWE so people will pay to go to his school and find jobs when they graduate, you know? Yeah, um, here in Houston. Well, I'm in Austin, but yeah, just down the road in yeah. Houston with Reality Wrestling. Yeah. I know a lot. Yeah, he, Some of the people that have come few, from uh, there have come here to Austin. He had a few of his uh, trainees were on a dark uh, week or so ago, I think. Yeah, or I mean, just that's so that's one thing I'll say about AEW that I like mm-hmm. a lot compared to WWE because I've seen some of my friends or people that I know of mm-hmm. that will show up on whatever YouTube show they have. Again, I'm old and don't watch as much wrestling as I can, <laughs> but you'll see a Moonshine Mantel who's a great guy, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to promote my own stuff, but I will promote my own stuff from Come Hella High Water back in Atlanta before the Super Bowl in 2019. He threw one of the nastiest clotheslines on Cody that almost knocked him out of his suit shoes before yeah. Hangman came in and cleared house. And we won't say who else was in the ring at that time because that guy kind of got blacklisted now. Mm. But it's good to see Moonshine <laughs> in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's good to see Ricky Shane Page do mm, some of the dark mm, matches. Mm. It's good to see, I'm trying to blank on, oh, you see a Fuego de Sol who was on dark and now is yeah. one of the droppers. I got signed to a full-time contract. So yeah, that, they did a great yeah. job too with, with Fuego in that storyline. Like I think, you know, right. they, they, they find interesting ways to tell these stories, TJ. And that ties into a point that we were talking about earlier before you hopped on with us in that I have a little bit more benefit of the doubt with a W storytelling at this point than I do with the WWE, just because, one company I've been with for two years, the other one I've been with forever, it seems. And I, I'm willing to give them a little leeway when it comes to how they tell their stories because, you know, even when they make mistakes, like I think you could say the Dark Order was a misfire when they first debuted. Right. And they were able to kind of turn them around. Miro? Yeah. Miro, Miro was a debuted. misfire. Yep. Yes, he was definitely a, a misfire. I, and I think that – I think Tony Khan is the kind of dude that doesn't get angry – at the criticism, he listens to it. Um, he he he's, he thinks about it and he makes alterations where he sees fit. Um, I think that with WWE, Vince McMahon, of uh, all those guys, that that cult, the culture of WWE is to just get angry at fans because fuck you, fans. <laughs> it's like this is what they do, man. They hate fans. I don't understand why they do like on a meta level i understand why they hate fans because fans talk a lot of shit but they're also shelling <laughs> out like thousands of dollars mm-hmm. m- millions of dollars probably monthly on your shit man you could at least kind of like you don't know, like i'm not saying cater to fans but you gotta at the very least you gotta do Throw some kinds of bones, and it's I like just, Chris. Chris Rock said about like the Jerry Lewis telethon. Just lie to me, Jerry. Lie to me. Yeah. Uh, and they do. They do. <laughs> There's been the moments that have really, if you're paying attention, paid off. Mm-hmm. Just this past April, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks headline night one of WrestleMania. Yeah. If they had their way, they probably would have put Bobby and Drew on the end because, like Biggie likes to say, big men slap big meat. That would have been the headliner probably 10 years ago whenever it was just, it's the world title, it goes on last, X, Y, Z, paint by numbers. But now they listened. Bianca was the bigger story. They wanted the moment. There we go. Travis with the the hot comment right here, TJ. I wonder if Tebow will show up on AEW now that he's been cut by the Jags. He's the new leader of the Dark Order. 
I would love the Tebow world order, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> can he be a David Koresh and be a leader of a cult? Yo, Tim Tebow as and I I said this for years, Chris. Like my fantasy of fantasy booking would be Tim Tebow as this religious zealot that that is just leading this group of of ruffians right. and, and hooligans, man. Because I yeah. I think Tim I think Tim Tebow would be fun in wrestling, but he probably yeah. I don't know what's, if he I don't know if he'd take it too seriously. Yeah, what's the guy that sings the um St. Elmo's Fire song that came out with the uh, Tim Tebow's Fire? I for, oh wow, he's from Colorado. I forget the guy's name. Yeah. Like, come I, out. I, I have no so, idea. Like, a t- like TJ said, he's not seventy six, and neither am I. Like I'd say like, that was fine. Yeah, that's a hell I mean, of a I, I remember, I remember yeah. the Brat Pack and all them. The, so the guy that sings that. that guy that says, sings the song, "Take me where the future's lying to Saint Elmo's fire." That wow. shit. We got any Saint Elmo's fire fans in the chat? Let us know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not but, Roy Bellamy. Yes, yeah, Roy. Oh, shout out, man! Shout out to the Levitard Show, uh, but. We're gonna we're gonna probably rock for about ten more minutes and, and then call it a show. So get your comments in if you have any thoughts about SummerSlam weekend, the the NXT show, uh, CM Punk. Uh, I guess I'll pose that to you, TJ. Out of all the wrestling, because it was a crazy seventy-two hours from Friday through Sunday. Uh, what was the one or two best things from the weekend, whether it was AEW or WWE? You mean not Becky going over in twenty seconds? I mean that was pretty cool, but <laughs> obviously we know that's your number one pick, TJ. But but besides that, <laughs> I mean not Xavier Woods and the dripstick. That was pretty nice. I mean it's going to run that moment. Um, no best moment. Jeez. Wow, wow, uh, wow! Hold on, Chris. Oh, I mean, hold on, TJ. We have some some hateration and holleration in this dancery. Uh, Jermaine, Chris, a man should know. <laughs> His limitations don't sing again, says Jermaine from Chicago. In any rebuttal? No. It's just referencing the fucking song. Come on, Jermaine. Uh, uh, but, all right, so TJ, uh, in addition to Chris's singing, what was the best thing for you this past week? Best thing? Uh, I would say bronze medal, CM Punk. That was probably the best thing, or it's the third place. Silver, Goldberg's kid getting ragdolled by Bobby Lashley. That was hilarious. I'd love to see yes. more small children getting killed like that. Um, <laughs> that was great. It was unexpected. Next thing you know, Lashley tried to take his arms out of his sockets. It was hilarious. Or Goldberg not selling the cane shot until he looked at the MVP. Right. And MVP's like, dude. <laughs> the delayed reaction. What are you doing? Like, we were telling a story here. And then gold would be Cena and Roman because it was a great match. It was the best match of the entire weekend. I mean, I know Jade Cargrill probably had the second best match just because it was a great two minutes of whatever happened. Um, <laughs> Cena and Roman, that was the best of the entire weekend. Mm, so uh, I, they delivered. I, they I delivered. Like the format TJ just introduced here since we are technically still in Olympic season, the, the Paralympics going on over in Tokyo right now. Chris, gold medal and silver, a gold silver and bronze medal for the wrestling weekend uh what what are your three choices man um my um silver medal um is just not giving out bronze oh yeah i'll give a bronze let me see (laughs) i'd give a bronze to um to to the lashley thing uh choking out that poor kid man uh (laughs) that is child don't get in the ring 
I, I'm Donkey saying, man, hey, you should know better than to step into the ring, man. Right, yeah. Well, I love how Monday Night Raw, they tried to spin that like Lashley bullied that kid with Damian Priest. That was just the dorky-ass promo. It's like this little bastard ran into the ring and tried to attack this man. He got his ass promptly choked out for it. My second place goes to um, the uh, Nikki Bella for her okay. hot take on uh, to, <laughs> on uh, what happened to uh, Bianca. They, the, the the interview dude was like, "What what was your favorite moment of SummerSlam?" And she's like, "Yeah, I didn't fucking have a favorite moment." <laughs> she's like, she felt exactly like I. Felt. She was like, "Yeah." I'm not giving you no goddamn corporate favorite moment. And, you know, I like that. That was my soul. And then the first is is the CM Punk thing. That CM okay. Punk, it made me feel good to be a wrestling fan in that moment. And I don't. That doesn't happen with me um, a lot of the time. You know, because I'm kind of jaded and somewhat dismayed a lot of times when I watch wrestling. Kind but. Of. Yeah, kind of a little bit, but the CM Punk moment um, was um, a good, uh, like, just genuine feel-good moment Mm -hmm. that I want to see a lot more of when I uh, tune in to um, WWE or AEW programming and WWE programming. I just want to see good stuff, and, you know, that's, that's the thing with me, is if something is good, I got no problem saying it's good. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've said for the last year, I think that uh, Roman and Lashley are the best world champions in wrestling. However, I think they're on the worst shows in wrestling. It, it just is what it is, man. It's like I just yeah. – I've I watched those guys and can't watch anything else. I, I think for me – my bronze medal, I'm going to give to something that neither of you mentioned, and that was uh, Edge and Seth from SummerSlam. Uh, I really enjoyed that match. Like they, Here's the thing, TJ, because I was kind of checked out of the, of the show after the Bianca-Becky match just because I thought they, the way they put it together didn't do either woman any, any favors. And so I felt some type of way for the next 30, 45, 50 minutes. And then all of a sudden, TJ McClune, boom, boom, boom. Boom. They hit us with that brood. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. You have my attention. And then Edge and Seth went out there and, and put on a hell of a match. So that, that gets my bronze medal for the weekend. Uh, my silver, it's close, but I think I'm going to give it to Big Match Johnny and Roman uh, for their match. And then what happened afterwards where we saw Ponytail Brock come back in the building. I thought that was a really strong match. The I don't know. It's, it's either that or Seth for match of the night, but I think all the emotion surrounding it and then the story they had told with Cena was, was really good and a good use of bringing back one of your legends. And then the, the gold medal, uh, no surprise, no shock here. Uh, the gold medal for me goes to CM Punk coming back on AW and having the crowd in the palm of his hands, TJ, because I, th- I think that's something that can't be overstated is the power of a good promo in pro wrestling and, and how Punk basically held court for 20, 25 minutes and had the viewing audience in the United Center, but also the audience at home. 
hanging on his every word. I, I thought he did a great job with that promo, bringing in Darby and Sting, added another element to it. And, of course, the most important thing is living color is uh, eating good for the next right, few yeah. months off of all these residuals. So those would be my medalists, TJ. Can I bring up an honorable mention? Can yes. I bring up an honorable mention? Elysian Stadium. You also came close to making the medal stand this uh, this weekend for how awful your stadium was. From the credit card machines going down, giving out free food, <laughs> mm-hmm. giving out free drinks. Apparently, the toilets were overflowing. Yep. And no pyro the entire SummerSlam. Mm. The, 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 all that is is welcome to Las Vegas, man. Yeah. Every time I go to Vegas, I get some kind of shit like that going down. Uh, now, uh, well, for, well, in this case, the the shit didn't go down. That was kind of the problem. No, Chris. okay, uh, yeah, uh, that and the Wi Fi went down too. Yeah, Wi Fi also went down. That's weird. Have, no, I mean, when, when someone brought up there's no pyro, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is weird. Like mm. no explosions. I don't. I mean, they had some like fire and smoke machines, like it was a <laughs> Golden Knights goal, but no pyro. <sighs> that, that was weird. That was this, really this is odd. A match that deserves pyro right here. Uh, Hook versus Gage Goldberg. 2030. That's your WrestleMania main event. I think the problem with these wrestlers is I think (laughs) I think the biggest problem with them, especially when you see them and they look like this, and this is your first impression. This is no disparagement on Hook or Gage, but it's just it's the bow wow little Romeo effect, right? It's they came out as kids, as rappers. (laughs) <laughs> and now they're adults trying to rap, and you just can't take them seriously as adult rappers. And I think we need to chill on Hook and Gage for a little while, just have them off of TV and reintroduce them when they're of age to wrestle because it's those guys are not the business at the moment. Um, I hate to say it like that. But, so Chris but just, pulling the page out of Chicago legend Michael Jordan's book saying F them kids. No, I didn't say that. But I yeah, just that's that's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the guy that has kids who say yes, that. he's allowed to say it. Yeah, uh, I don't I have, have a, kids. I have almost four year old sitting on the couch here in my right that almost gave me a great two concussion by doing uh, I mean, I'm gonna quote uh, Superhuman one two three four five whatever butt buster onto my head parentheses Joey Janela GCW style. <laughs> I have a friend who's uh, asked me to ch- hey pr- Prentice, go to the Twitter chat and ask your questions. Don't inbox me personally. This is, a, <laughs> this is a this is a professional operation we're running here. God damn it! But he's asking um, what what are the other two biases? You want to hear the other two? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Unconscious bias. Listen to uh, the Nubia Wrestling Advocates. We're kind of. We've kind of sailed. That ship has kind of sailed and sucked for this episode. We'll yeah. So yeah, episode. Chris gave us four unconscious biases to start the show. Oh, yeah. Tune into the next edition of the NWA podcast for the other two biases. Uh, so yeah, I guess to piggyback off of what Chris is saying, last call for questions or comments from the chat before we get out of here for this episode. Uh, TJ, before we leave out of here, any thoughts on NXT? The what some people are saying might be the last NXT of uh, of its kind for, for the foreseeable future. All right, don't mind me going Steph Curry after one of the playoff games here with uh, <laughs> the bombardment here from the not cute kid. By the way, if Flash be coming right now and just give him the Nelson, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> no, no. 
Eh, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's almost four. He's got to learn somehow. So NXT, nothing much going on. It's good to see them blow off a few. Uh, he said there's enough of that he said yeah well he's about to get my carrying cross stuff and him going yeah you know what i'm over him just like i'm over this microphone oh jesus christ man daddy can i go to target and get mousetrap yes we can do that yeah it's like we just went to the store also because we got yingling down here is he talking about the the, the board game mousetrap yeah, we got Rock'em Sock'em Robots about like two weeks ago because, you know, it's, we live in 1980. It's, I was going to say, Mousetrap Mouse is like the most convoluted game, but it's fun. No, it's awful. It's got so many pieces and takes forever to set up for a stupid thing to come down and go on top of a mouse. No, it's stupid. I'll end on this note here while I get pulled away and get hooked off like the Sandman. Yes. If you go on a wrestling show and a big thing happens, don't cry. Look, maybe your son just saw the CM Punk footage. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so, that's my last thing. So yeah, we'll let you get out of here, TJ. Uh, plug your Twitter, man, and then uh, let the people know where they can find you, my brother. At TJ MacLoon. <laughs> just go there. I'm the guy here before I get thrown off here. All right, thanks, TJ. Uh, we appreciate you for yeah, hopping you, in, man. Larry, go, go, go get you some mousetrap and have fun with the little man. <laughs> TJ McClune, y'all. So that, that was wild, Chris. Uh, I, I guess we're going to wrap things up here. We got a couple more comments coming in. But but uh, any thoughts from you on, on NXT or, or anything else from the weekend before we wrap up here, brother? Um, No real big thoughts. I just think that um, right now, I, um, one of these days on the other show, I do want to get uh, Brandon Thurston on so he could break down the racial yeah. demographics of who's watching what. Because he gave us like a quick overview of it. Okay, Chris, so, here, here we go. Since you are the professor, we, we we might have to have you school somebody. We got a comment that, that I've received several times from this individual. Let's see if you have an answer for this comment, brother. Okay. Here's a comment. WWE <laughs> will never, never be hot with Roman on top. He doesn't have crossover appeal. So says Jermaine, the hater from Chicago. What do you got to say about that? I, I, Jermaine, I, I, I love you, Jermaine. I don't always agree with your takes. I don't like you busting on my singing, uh, even though it's for referential purposes. I'm not over here trying to be fucking Cisco or nothing. But Cisco is where you go. That's the reference. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Cisco. But what I will say Roman Reigns, look, you cannot like Roman Reigns all you want. To say that that motherfucker doesn't have crossover appeal is bullshitting and just lying to yourself, man. My my, my girlfriend, who I've been serious, who I'm going to marry, would leave me tomorrow. Breaking if, news. <laughs> if, if Roman Reigns just hollered at her. Roman Reigns <laughs> is... Is 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 the definition of just like handsome dude, and I'm not gay or anything like that. But look, man, I I, I recognize <laughs> this guy. I could tell, he's got the Jason Momoa. So you you, know, you you can appreciate that brother yeah. uh, the way that brother looks, man. Like yeah, Roman like, Reigns is a handsome ass dude. Yeah, like I could I I totally understand 
why WWE wants to push them, even if I don't like them myself. Like, come on, man, that's just not true. Like, like that's just that. I don't. I, Jermaine, Jermaine in here saying he don't bring in casuals. The numbers don't lie, Chris. No, no, no. Okay, so this is the problem that WWE's having at the moment: is Roman Reigns isn't bringing in casuals because the the way the WWE is structured right now is to make sure that the brand always stays bigger than the individual. Mm -hmm. The problem with that kind of motto is it doesn't stop wrestlers from moving on when it's time when it's time to move on, right? Like with John Cena. I, I could honestly say that when John Cena was in WWE, I don't think his name was ever bigger than the WWE brand. But look at what happened anyway. He still yeah. left for Hollywood. So you know what I'm saying? That's just and Roman is going to do the same thing when the time comes for him to do it. There's going to be some casting director that sees this beautiful, beautiful man and is like, let me put you in a movie or put you, make you like put you second to this guy and it's just gonna happen man so it doesn't matter what his ratings are in wwe at the moment he gets enough ratings to keep them at bay but he's never gonna get the crossover appeal because yeah. wwe isn't gonna allow him to do it well that's to jermaine's point right here he's saying uh you know if if he was like austin or the rock he could break out and i would say jermaine like yeah but the way it's set up they they yeah. don't want anybody to break out. Yeah, they that's want, the. They want the brand to be what you come for, not an individual right. performer. And, and and it's because of Austin and The Rock that they want the brand to be that. That's just the way the nature of the beast work. I remember Triple H. He said this when Cena was on top. He said that when wrestlers come to WWE, we do not want wrestlers being bigger than the brand. That's not a philosophy that I agree with because I think that with every kind of show that's popular, if there's a breakout star, mm -hmm. I think it's good for the show. Like George Clooney, when he's turned into George Clooney, there was no fucking way you could keep that fool on ER, right? right. Like when Will Smith turned into Will Smith, when the Fresh Prince morphed into Will Smith, He'd be looking stupid arguing with Uncle Phil still. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think with Roman Reigns, with, with someone like a John Cena, with someone like a Batista, with someone like a Rock, Austin. Austin and Rock had the opportunity. WWE kept feeding them uh, yeah. roles, letting them go venture out and do different things. because. And, it, and I think something, something people need to remember about the Rock-Austin years is – that's when the WWF at the time was was in a fight. Right. They were WCW. in a fight. And, that and was so a they needed anybody they could to cross over to get to that next level. Yeah. They haven't had competition since 2000. Right. And, that, and they went public when The Rock and Austin were on top. Those guys set the stage for what we have now. So it's, it's like if you're, if you're judging Roman on the metric of – this guy isn't um, doing what The Rock and Austin did. He, he's nobody in that who comes in that company is ever going to do what The Rock and Austin did because WWE they do this shitty booking 
for a reason. Mm-hmm. I am convinced of that. And Jermaine follows up. I think this is actually a good question. Yeah. What? It, so what you're saying is if Roman was in AEW, he would be on Rock or Austin's level. Like that, I think that's a good question. Like for my answer, Chris, like I don't think he would be on Rock or Austin's level because how many people have ever yeah. been on Rock or Austin's level? Like I think that's a very, very short list. But I do think if you had somebody with Roman's look in AEW, like – AEW would find a way to maximize Roman Reigns. Right, yeah. This is this is what I'm saying about um Roman Reigns. I'm what I'm saying about CM Punk in AEW now, too. Mm-hmm. I think CM Punk is going to get the opportunity to live up to his full potential in AEW. In WWE, CM Punk, then this is one of the red things I didn't agree with Roman Reigns on. CM Punk was starting to rival John Cena in a lot of ways in 2011. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a fact. His merch was the number one selling merchandise in the company. Um, He was moving ratings, and he was moving discussions and conversations. That was happening. WWE made sure to muzzle this guy. They never gave him the main event when he was world champion. They never put him in situations that allowed him to flourish. Ergo, he never flourished the way that he could. I think he would I think in AEW he's gonna flourish a lot more. I think Roman Reigns kind of in the same boat. I'm not I don't and I, I'm not, I don't like saying someone's never gonna be as big as Austin or The Rock because I don't know if that's true or not. What I'm saying in the current system that Roman Reigns is in, in WWE, he's not going to, that's not going to happen. When a producer calls him and says, hey, we want you to do this in a movie, those movie roles are just going to keep coming until he's washed up and they don't want him (laughs) doing movies anymore. And Ronnie Richards just popped into the chat. Ladies, usual shout out to the enforcer for checking us out this week. Uh, and, and, yeah, you missed a lot, Ronnie. We talked about SummerSlam. We talked about Punk. Uh, TJ McClune hopped on for a minute, brought his son. Yeah. Uh, but but I think my last point on Roman to, to uh, Jermaine's question in terms of could Roman be a bigger star, maybe a more mainstream star outside of the WWE system? I think he could. Yes. I think – like Roman's not Roman's not Rock or Austin or Cena to me, but I do think there's a lot about Roman that you could like. I feel like if Roman showed up on AEW tomorrow, that place would go nuts, right? Yeah. To see Roman Reigns, and you could utilize Roman in a different way. Like I think it's not an apples to apples comparison, but look at the way Miro is now after you know that initial kind right. of like feeling out period. Like Miro is a beast now. And Roman's better than Miro. Yeah. No disrespect to Miro, but Roman's on a different level. So I think Roman would be Miro plus in AEW. Right. Like, I'm not saying that that means he's on billboards or, or he's on The Tonight Show. But I do think for whatever faults you want to lie at Roman's feet, you got to yeah. lie them doubly at the company's feet. Because the yes. company has a philosophy. This is the way that we're going to present our performers. This is the way we're going to present our stars. Like, look at it with Kofi, man. Like, you know. 
I I think Kofi is is great. Like we all love Kofi Jermaine. I know you got respect for that man, Kofi Kingston. Kofi should have been on every TV show, right? When he won that championship, and they had a very specific set of platforms that they would put Kofi Kingston on. They right. didn't maximize the opportunity where you've got this charismatic, good-looking, great-performing veteran, like this this guy that appeals to all sorts of different races out there. Like they didn't maximize the Kofi Kingston title run. And if they can't do that for Kofi, if they can't do that for Roman, I don't think they can do that for anybody that's currently on the roster just because that's not how the company is set up right now, Chris. Right, yeah. It's like if every time you're you're reaching this certain level and they start muzzling you, then that's the level you're going to go to in that company. Because Punk was – like I remember listening to this interview with Punk and I 100% believe him I'm talking about how he had sponsors wanting him to wear his gear, and he had, like... <laughs> Travis, <laughs> I tagged Ronnie, and he still showed up late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm just, I'm just saying, man, uh, like, you know, like, um, it's, it's, it's these guys have to be allowed to flourish. And I mm-hmm. do think that someone, I think Roman Reigns is already thinking about what's after WWE to be honest with you, man, just be doing little movies here and there. And just the fact that he said F WrestleMania that year that he did it last year, he didn't mm-hmm. want to go to it. Nobody in that company was like, you have to show up. I mean, Roman Reigns, um, I I still think he's expendable in WWE, but he's as as close to a sh- calling his shots mm-hmm. um, as anyone on that roster, man. Um, nothing but respect to Roman Reigns, man. I might, and I do like Roman Reigns as a wrestler, but even if I hated him, and sometimes I've hated his booking, the yeah. the, the guy is a special guy, and I'm not saying he's the most special guy, but I'm not gonna ever discredit that man. And say, like, look, this, the, the the guy is is who he is, man. It's it's just it's just I'd look like um, an insecure motherfucker. <laughs> start bashing this long haired, chiseled up, brown skinned dude. He's like, like, what? What's he got that I ain't got? Well, yeah, everything. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not even gonna go go but there, man. I agree with you though. Like, I I have not liked a lot of Roman's booking over the years. And I do think that there were points in his career where he maybe was coasting on the looks, maybe coasting on the the familial connections, you know, being in that great wrestling family. But I think the Roman that we've gotten for the last year since he's come back, like this tribal chief Roman, like you can't tell me that brother ain't working hard, man. Yeah, he's working hard and he's doing the best with the material that he's been given. Um, I don't think he did himself any favors. Um, busting on CM Punk, but I personally didn't mind it because it's like this is what these guys are there to do. We can't we can't get mad at you know these wrestlers when they when they're busting the chops of somebody else and take it seriously and personally because it's just it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, I think the revenge that CM Punk got was the rating he got on our rampage, right? <laughs> the rating that he's going to get this Wednesday, because I do think that this Wednesday's rating is going to go as close to WWE as Raw 
than, mm. than they've ever come. I think this is going to be the highest rep, rated episode of um, Dynamite. So we got one last question from Brother Jermaine. Which do you think Vince hates more, tag team wrestling or women's wrestling? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, of course, he's going to give us like the hardest question <laughs> to, to, to at the end. Like, I look, man, I'm here all night, man. If you want to. If you want to do this, we can do this. But this is, <laughs> like this is not an easy fucking question to answer. Nate, what, which one does he hate more? Because this is tough. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I could say hates more, but maybe maybe if I rephrase the question, Chris, like which yeah. one does he care less about? Yeah, that's good. I would say he probably cares less about tag team wrestling because at least with right with the women like like you said earlier like charlotte is marketable like charlotte's as close as you can get from the the female side of the roster to a breakout star you know to a mainstream star like she's as close as you're gonna get like i i think she's even maybe at a level above becky lynch as much as you know people love becky lynch i think charlotte might even be above that so i, I think he probably likes tag team wrestling a little bit less right yeah I'll go, I'll go with tag team wrestling a little bit less also um because we haven't had a tag team main event wrestling <laughs> since the first trevor says tag team women's wrestling that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> like we haven't had a, a tag team main event wrestlemania since the first wrestlemania i think yeah. that um, he doesn't like the idea of tag teams, I and even that wasn't like a tag team match. That was like a a, a celebrity yeah. match. That was like yeah. you know, dude. yeah. We we got the biggest TV star, yeah, uh, '80s pop old culture icon on this show, um, and we're gonna you know throw this shine. It wasn't like him. he was wasn't like he was throwing the you know the the Killer Bees versus the Wild right. Samoans at the main. Yeah, event. yeah, yeah. It was it it wasn't. It was a makeshift tag team mm-hmm. between Hogan and um, Mister with, with Hogan and Mister T because they both did Rocky Three together. Yeah. Um, Hogan did a couple episodes of the A Team. Um, I always liked the episodes of the A Team that Hogan was on, by the way, because um, like Mister T was afraid of flights, and then I think yeah. Hogan was afraid of um, I don't know if black people. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what it was. Uh, well, yeah, uh, uh, real quick, shout out to the chat, man. Y'all, done, y'all done came through with some really good questions today. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. We uh, are for this episode. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Chris. Uh, we're kind of wrapping things up because we've been, we've been on for a little bit, but I appreciate everybody that. Uh, took the time to watch the show, and and for the people in the future listening to the podcast version of this, you can check the check us out every time we go live with an episode of the Kings of Sport uh, on the Kings of Sport Facebook page, facebook.com backslash the Kings of Sport, or the YouTube page, or my Twitter page. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, Chris, uh, any final thoughts and uh, uh, any any uh, plugs you want to throw out there before we before we leave the people this week, brother? Um, yeah, let's, uh, so shout out to, um, TJ, um, shout out to Travers, um, shout out to Jermaine, anybody who participated in the chat, shout out to my boy Prentice, who doesn't know how to direct the questions to the, <laughs> to the chat, but still we appreciate the love. Um, again, 
we're going to get into the uh, Bianca Belair thing a little bit more because it is um, a long conversation and we don't want to um, Bianca somebody that we both respect um, and um, we just want to make sure that we're not because the because what's going to happen is a lot of the wrestle wrestling pundits and people like that they are going to forget about what happened to Bianca and just move on to the next thing and that's just not something we're going to do on this show because this because this is this is a wrong that can't be ignored so mm. i just just want to get that out there no doubt no doubt and where can people find you on twitter chris if they want to uh direct all that hate towards you because i'm i'm look i'm not answering it i'm I, I put i put them haters on mute chris but but you got time for these for these folks out here so where can they hit you up on, on twitter my brother okay so yeah i'm actually my, like my time because when i said that i had time for these haters <laughs> the haters started coming uh and it's getting to the point now where i can't respond to everybody so um but but yeah you can find me at k and easy does it and basically but if you want to send hate and be guaranteed that i'll respond the best day is going to be like a sunday where i'm not working um and i just got the computer in front of me you know i'm a i'm you know i'm a, I'm a busy like i don't i don't get that shoe collection from, uh, from, from not working, so shit, you know. Okay, let's go. Let's go back to that shot. Stun on him one time with them shoes. <laughs> you say you ain't got jays like this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So shout out to Chris uh, for coming on the show, talking some wrestling with us this week on a special edition of the Kings of Sport, a co-branded edition of the Kings of Sport in conjunction with Place to Be Nation Wrestling. Check out place to be nation.com for more of their wrestling content. Uh, shout out to TJ McClune for joining us, father of the year. TJ McClune for joining us this week. Uh, shout out to Marcus Vanderberg, who hopped on before we went live to uh, yeah, talk with us. Uh, you know, Marcus always has a seat here at the table, uh, even though, you know, he's not at the head of the table anymore, Chris. Like, I'm at the head of the table now. I'm Roman Reigns in this piece. Uh, but Marcus always has a spot here. At the Kings of Sport. Uh, if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. I've got, in addition to the Kings of Sport, the Nubian Wrestling Advocates alongside Chris and Andrew Thompson. You can check that out at Post Wrestling. Our next episode will be out the second Sunday of September. Uh, say that three times fast. Uh, and we'll be talking about Bianca Belair, of course along with some other topics. And I, I think at this time we're scheduled to have Rich Fan from uh, the Pro Wrestling Torch joining us for that episode. So that'll be a lot of fun. You can find that at Post Wrestling, along with the archives of the Rocky My Via Picture Show, which is a movie review show that I've done uh, chronicling the works of pro wrestler turned thespian Dwayne The Rock Johnson. In addition to that, but wait, there's more. Check out the Naomi podcast over at the DCTV Podcast Network. It's myself and America's sweetheart, Brittany Monet, talking about Naomi, the new CW show that is coming out in 2022, produced by Ava DuVernay. Uh, the Lituation Room is, is on that feed as well. We just put out our first episode of The Lituation Room with me, Vanessa Shark, Brittany, and Clement Bryant. Uh, where we talked about the Suicide Squad and a bunch of other blurdy, uh, nerdy stuff. Uh, that's a DC TV podcast. 
Main event, you can find the PlayStation Nation with me, Steve Willie, and Scott Criscola. There's a lot, man. There's, there's a lot of shows, Chris. Some would say too many shows. But for all of that, follow me on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. And if you feel so inclined, hit up the Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Kings of Sport. Five bucks gets you in the door. We won't argue if you want to pay more. Over 200 hours of audio and video content talking about sports, pro wrestling, politics, MCU reviews. If, if folks are talking about it, we are talking about it on the Patreon. So uh, shout out to everybody that's currently a patron. And if you want to check us out, the first of the month, as Bone Thugs and Harmony would say, is uh, just a week away. So if you're thinking about signing up and you want to do it today, I won't stop you. But for your best value, best bang for your buck, sign up at the first of the month, $5, and, and get access to a lot of great content on the Kings of Sport Patreon. So uh, that's going to do it, Chris. We can finally put SummerSlam 2021 to bed, my brother. I, I am yeah. done talking about this show like i'll talk about bianca on the nwa podcast but outside of that i, I think i'm done with this show man <laughs> yeah i think i'm done with the show as a as a whole too i think the the bianca thing we just have to you know we got to pay our homage and respect and all that the show i'm over it man i, I really am <laughs> like you know it's just too much did they debut becky and brock to counter AEW? i don't even care at this point let's just move the fuck on oh <laughs> uh, well here's the thing chris like a lot of companies they use these surprise entrants at the end of a show to try to hook you on for the next episode right and we're no different i'm not above using a gimmick to try to hook people into watching the show so let me bring on really quick before we leave friend of the program one of the true north nerds Brent Chittenden, ladies and gentlemen, with oh, the Brock, Brock Lesnar-esque <laughs> run-in. <laughs> right, right, right. We, 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 we could do it. I, look, man, I, I'm up, not Brent? doing anything this evening, so we're good. What's up, Yeah, I, I think since Brent's here, I do feel like, you know, we were going to wrap, Brent, but since you're here, we do need to talk about the nerdy news of the day, maybe the nerdy oh. news of the week, and that is the trailer, which was the full trailer, the HD trailer. The proper trailer that dropped last night for Spider-Man No Way Home, Brent. Uh, what were your first impressions of what uh, Feige gave to the people? I was a little surprised that they gave away kind of as much as they did, but also happy that they didn't give away more. Because we've heard rumors for months that like so many people throughout the various Spider-Man films are involved with this movie. But we've all we only got a little taste. We we, we got like the, yeah. the the current cast, and we had Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, and we had a, a pumpkin bomb show up from uh, the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. But no signs of Ale of uh, Garfield yet, yeah, which is uh, kind of good. I watched a couple reaction videos, and you know those YouTube. 24 things you missed in the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I watched a couple of those videos <laughs> and, and thought, I, I guess, like, you could say Electro's in there, kind of, sort of. Like, we see electricity. I don't know if that's directly attributed to Electro. We see sand, Brent. I don't know if that's Sandman or just, like, a dusty day in New York City. Uh, but, but like, a, a lot of people were excited about this trailer, man. Yeah, because it, it leaked, what, Saturday, I think? Because it's CinemaCon or something going yeah. on right now. 
the the big trade show showing off all the movies and stuff like that. Uh, like I know, as we speak, uh, uh, the Uncharted trailer, a bootleg version of that, is now starting to float around. So uh, it, yeah, it's, I I have faith in that this is all going to work out. Um, it's based off of a storyline in the like some of it's based off of a storyline in the comics. I'm not a huge fan of. But I know is like I like I can take it or leave it. But a lot of people are are like, either one more day was like one of the worst things to happen in Spider-Man <laughs> comics, or it was like ah, it was all right. So, um, but I I have faith in the the Marvel machine, I guess, mm-hmm. more than anything else. And I, that's it's also not one like this isn't going to be a huge experiment per se, right? Yeah. Like I think I think Eternals out of all of them is going to be the the, yeah. the weird one we get this year that is going to be pushing some of their boundaries. Like, uh, Shang-Chi is, is going to be pretty good, but at, at the core of it, it, it's going to be a Marvel movie, and it's going to be, you know, A, B, C, but it's still going to be really well done, because, you know, sometimes you, you just want a plain burger. A really well done, good burger, yep. and then other times it's like, well... Uh, I'll take that thing that kind of looks like a burger, but there's no bun, and they got peanut butter on it, and it's, I'll, it's a, I'll try that. It's a formula that works for them yeah. overall, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, because I don't, I don't love every Marvel movie. I, I mm-hmm. really don't, and it just works though. And I think the good thing we've seen, like, yes, it is a formula. Yes, they do have a Marvel style, but particularly with this latest phase, you've seen. There's ways to play around inside the formula. You know, I'd say even like going back to uh, Ryan Coogler and Black Panther. Like, mm. yes, it fits into the Marvel formula, but it elevates the formula, I think. And I think right, yeah. we might see something similar with Shang-Chi or, or with the Eternal. Like, the Eternal has a damn uh, Oscar winner at the helm. So I see that they, they're playing, they're coloring within the lines, Brent, but you can still make a pretty picture coloring inside the lines. Exactly. Like, it's it's... You, you know, steak is steak. It's just how it's cooked and where the yep. the beef comes from. You get yeah. really good Kobe beef. It's going to be a really good steak, and that's. But at the end of the day, it's still meat on the barbecue, yeah. uh, and like the the Marvel films, much like Chris, like I, there's not all of them I'm wild about, but they're all done well. Right. Like Captain Marvel is a prime example of. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of that film, like, but it was okay. Like that's a, that's the worst that I can say about all the Marvel movies. Yeah, right like, now, even like the, bad the worst ones are one okay. is still. Yeah, even the worst one is still. Oh, that was all right. Yeah, uh, I, I think like what has surprised me is just the rollout, the the unrelenting rollout, Chris, of Marvel over the last month, where we've had the end yeah. of Loki, which goes into Black Widow, which goes into What If, which had a great episode last week, which goes into Shang-Chi, which goes into the Eternals trailer, which goes into the Spider-Man trailer. Like, Disney is not letting up. Like, Disney is on us like Bobby Lashley was on Bill Goldberg's son. Like, like, they just won't let up, man. Yeah, like... It's in there somewhere, too. Like, I... I, I, Because I was one of the people that wasn't a big fan of... um, the um, WandaVision. I, 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 I thought it was good. I Getting nominated for Emmys and shit was, is just, I, 
that shit should be for Watchmen and stuff like that, in my opinion, man. Like, if you're a superhero thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not... Like, look, man, I don't hate on nobody. If, if, if you get your award, get your award. Get your shit. Agatha all along. <laughs> fine with it. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't love that. That should have been nominated for a Grammy. Now, yeah, I would have given that one. I would have given that song an award. <laughs> um, I liked uh, I liked the, um, the the Falcon and Winter Soldier. That was mm-hmm. that was more of my jam. Um, but that's the good thing about Marvel too, though, right? You can not like WandaVision, and then they put out something like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you're mm-hmm. a fan of that. And if you're not a fan of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they could put out something like Loki, and you're a fan of that because they're three yeah. entirely different shows. Again, um, shout out, shout out to the TVA because I support black businesses, Brent. Right. But, uh, <laughs> like, like I, I, I found this shirt. Like somebody sent me the link uh, on, uh, uh, t- I think it was T Public, uh, and I had to make. I got two of them, Brent. I got one in black and one in uh, purple for Kang, just because. Like I didn't know how long. This was going to be allowed to be up before Marvel's yeah. lawyers caught wind of it, but uh, yeah, if it's still up there, uh, like it's a really, really well-made shirt. But I think Brent, the the other thing about Marvel, kind of leading to what Chris says, like not only do they have something for everybody, but I think they're really good at course correcting. Like if something doesn't work, they find a way to make it better. And like you gave the example of Captain Marvel, like Captain Marvel, it hit for some people, didn't hit for everybody. But I'm really excited for the Marvels because I think, you know, you mm. add Mar- uh, Monica Rambeau, you add Kamala Khan into that with Carol. I think that has the potential to be a really fun move. Yeah. And like in, in a weird way, it might end up being kind of like the Shazam of mm. the Marvel Universe, which is odd given the, all the complications with both names. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Captain Marvel, Shazam, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's lapsed copyrights and everything in between. But the, right. but it, it, it feels like that's what it could be is kind of like a fun family cosmic movie. And the, I, I like how they're starting to pepper stuff in everywhere. Like we got word last week that Ironheart's going to show up in Wakanda forever. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is an interesting idea. And I'm like, I'm really curious where they're fitting her into that story. Hmm. I think, and like, it's great because it gives you kind of this space to speculate. And just when I saw that news, the first thing my mind went to was maybe Riri is one of the kids that was part of that Wakandan information exchange. Oh, and I hadn't even thought about that. That That's perfect. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. In Black Panther with, you know, uh, T'Challa and Shuri in Oakland, and they bring out, like, we're we're showing our, our technology to the world, and maybe Riri's one of those students, and she ends up actually going back to Wakanda, to, or going to Wakanda to work with Shuri, which I think that could be really fun. Well, Wakanda could be like grad school, right? Yeah. It's like you do well here, you get to go to Wakanda and get to get play yes, with the everybody. Everybody kids. can't come to Wakanda. We have to be very selective. It's, it's like uh, Chris with the haters online. Like everybody can't come at Chris. You got to be really good with your with your hate for Chris to respond. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, like w- w- uh, let me guess. The the hate had to be about uh, the uh, the finish of the uh, 
Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. See, this, yeah. This, so, like, the, the, the problem with that I have is I'm always gonna um, like trace that stuff back to some kind of um, like racial, gender, um, sexuality component. You know what I'm saying? And you know, as some people in the audience are just not sophisticated enough um, <laughs> for those. Um, discussions, which I get because I think what, what we do at Post and Place to Be Nation and all these things is we we like we we dissect things in an intellectual way and motherfuckers are just like, dude I just want to watch wrestling <laughs> I don't want to think about this shit Yeah, but so here's my my point of view of it is even if you take race out, which you you shouldn't, even if you take the race out, it's still stupid. Yes. At the end of the day, if it, yeah. if I would have the same complaint, honestly, if it was two white women in there and yeah. another white woman came in, it, it still doesn't make any sense. Becky yeah, doesn't the- benefit from this. Mm-hmm. Nobody in that ring benefit for, from this storyline. At all, and but when you add the the race component to it, it makes it even worse. Yeah, that's the thing too. And then, like when we discuss this, we talk about the stupidity of it first, especially on the um on uh, the post SummerSlam show. That was the first thing that came up was just it doesn't make any sense. And then no. when you add the uh, race component to it, it's like. Okay, this really doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. now. It's like, what are we doing in 2021? You know, <laughs> it's like, and it's like, is anybody coming to Vince McMahon saying, "Hey, the optic of this is a bad idea mm-hmm. because of this"? You know what I'm saying? Like, not even like you don't even have to be all um, nation of domination with it or anything like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just. Is anybody saying to this guy, hey, maybe that's somewhere we don't want to go, you know? Yeah, the girl we spent a whole year building up, the woman that we just sent to the ESPYs, like maybe she's not the person we should squash right now, Brent. Who had arguably the best match at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's shitty. And like the, the, no, nobody has been able to make a single argument to to me about it that made any sense whatsoever. But, but Brent, Brent, you just gotta let the story play out, man. Oh yeah, like uh, like Kofi, right? Like uh, yeah. like how that story played out. That, like, that played like, out great. Like like Kofi in twenty nineteen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. Let's let's let that moment sit for a minute with Brent on the screen. Brent Chittenden said that. Right. Yeah. And it ran, random internet hater person. So it wasn't it- just. Chris and I that brought yeah. that point up. A yeah. respectable man like Brent Chittenden has raised this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it, like Kofi in 2019, mm-hmm. like Kofi in 2009. We still don't know how they're going to take the belts off of Lashley. We don't. Like we're assuming that he will lose that belt in a graceful and dignified way <laughs> history, history doesn't show us that it just uh, Goldberg's doesn't. kid's gonna beat him in Saudi Arabia right yeah oh like like the, like the history just doesn't show us that he's gonna lose the belt in the the, the greatest of ways you know so I'm 
you know, like you can wait and see, but I don't have to wait and see anymore because I got AEW. So, so in in yeah. the, well, that, that's where I was gonna go real quick with you, Brent, because we we uh spent the bulk of the show kind of talking about SummerSlam and CM Punk, like those are kind of the two big stories uh, for the chain reaction. So. In, in, in terms of your viewing experience, what did you make of Punk showing back up on AEW? And then what were your kind of overall thoughts, you know, Becky and Bianca aside about SummerSlam? Uh, well, I'll, I'll start with the negative first and go into the positive. Uh, SummerSlam was it's, – it's one of those times that it was okay, then, the, then we hit – and I don't think – for your question, I don't think you can really divorce Bianca mm-hmm. and Becky from the discussion mm-hmm. because it was an okay show leaning to good and with the possibility of good stuff more, and that just took the winds out of my sails. Like, I, yeah. like I, as has been evidenced on multiple podcasts across the internet, I am a big fan of Edge, and I, I think I would have, like, honestly, if the Bianca... Uh, Becky match hadn't happened, I probably would have really enjoyed his match. As is, it was like, oh, well, that was pretty good, and the brood entrance sort of got me into it a bit more, but at the end of the day, it was like that, just that one match just kind of ruined the show for me. And it's... I I feel bad because I am one of those people who, I at this point, I don't blame any of the performers. Because, like, the WWE has as good, if not a better roster than AEW does. Right. But unfortunately, they have no creative to back it up. Mm-hmm. In baseball terms, if you have really good hitting, that's great. But if you don't have any pitching, yeah, it, it can ruin your team. And that's what I honestly think is happening is the creative is – being stymied in spots and it's just going in terrible directions and others. And I don't think I hate to say this in some ways, but like, I think the only way it's going to change is a really big overhaul starting from the top down. Yeah. I I think it would, it would, it would take either, you know, again, like not wishing this on anybody, but the unfortunate passing, events or a sale like to me those are the only two ways you have a fundamental change in this company yeah it's 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 one of those weird things where the wwe everybody on the planet knew cm punk was debuting in aew without knowing he was debuting but on that on pretty good authority you knew he was debuting why not just give aew this one thing this weekend and then maybe maybe debut brock at the end of the show not try to overstuff your show with a bunch of bullshit that everybody's going to forget about the next day why why not just have aew have that moment and then pick another weekend to try to to win that weekend you know what i'm saying because even though you're at this big stadium and that's for SummerSlam, you're not winning the weekend. It's just not going to happen. So why even try to fight that tide is beyond me, you know? Yeah, and Becky, it's not like Becky brought any butts to the seats, right? Right, yeah. The, the show's already on Peacock. 
yeah. for you for you guys on the WWE Network up here for us. The yeah. the show is already sold out. Like the you the or well maybe not, but like you know we've had rumors of her coming back since uh, the, the last pay per view. I think before this, right? right. Uh, Money in the Bank. They were talking that she was she might show up. So yeah. it, it's like it wasn't a definite thing. And at the end of the day, I don't think it made any difference in a good way. Like no, at it, the very it, least, it's like yeah. Right. Like, it's- I listened to so many wrestling podcasts this weekend. <laughs> Every super chat on those wrestling podcasts, whether it was Denise Salcedo's, Sean Ross Sapp, um, Wrestling Daily with our boy, shout out to SP3, all those yeah. stuff. The only thing people want to talk about is that Bianca thing. And they want to talk about yep. it in anger. They want to say, why <laughs> did you guys do this? You know what I'm saying? So inadvertently, it's good for um, Salcedo and SP3 and all those people because they're making money off of yeah, Super Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. Like, like I was going to yeah. say, like, first point, point the first, uh, I need to figure out how to get into this Super Chat game. Uh, I, I know, like right? We, <laughs> feel like we're leaving some money on the table, Chris. So we need to figure that out. But but yeah. the other thing is, I think you bring up a good point, and I want to spin this around to Brent. Uh, I, I do feel like a lot of what we saw on Saturday night was reactionary mm. to what happened the night before with CM Punk on Rampage, and so like I do think there's there's wisdom in running your race, even if the other person you're running the race with, even if you're not acknowledging them as competition, even if they start to get a little bit closer, you still run your race. You don't alter your race to deal with them. And so I think WWE did that and that was a mistake. So what do you make of that notion? And also like back to punk, like how did, how did that night hit you as a fan? Okay. So as for WWE, I think the Brock, think him coming out at the end was was a good idea regardless mm-hmm. um i i think he moves the needle a bit but they they were never going to do what they did with punk um the the stuff with becky i just keep thinking is like how much better would have been if they had if she had shown up and they teased a match for later on yeah like not right. even that night like something to build to for mm-hmm. survivor series i don't know how you would do it but something like that. Instead, we got a squash because it sounds like she might just not be able to go at her level yet. And definitely not at Bianca's. And it just it didn't help anybody. Now, in terms of Punk, um, for me, Punk was really one of the guys who got me back into watching wrestling regularly. Like it's mm-hmm. I had been sort of spotty at that point, and he's the guy who like I, I just really loved his style and his promos, and I just started following again. Having him come back now, especially how AEW did it, was amazing. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, it maybe it's an overused term, but it was definitely like magic. Like just having how they they did it, and they like. They never advertised him, but they never denied it either. And like, right. and now we hear that like Tony Khan came out before the show started and thanked everybody and like, hey, we're not going to disappoint you. Just hang on a couple minutes and then left. Right. And then, then it came yeah. up. Yeah, and then this and the fact that it was CM Punk's idea also, and Tony Khan went with it to do this mm. kind of 
um, worst kept secret thing. <laughs> it's just it's just what you want to see from a wrestling promoter because they don't do this all the time. They don't always, especially in today's corporate WWE, they're going to debut you the way they want to debut you. They're not like listening to you know a young Chris Jericho and asking and Chris Jericho suggesting the countdown clock and you know doing it that way. They're doing what they want to do. I think what they with with the CM Punk stuff. They're, they're, again, the only thing you can say about it are nitpicks, unless you're Booker T, where you're just professionally <laughs> trolling for this thing. I do want to warn Booker T. Um, if you ever get this message, if you if you do that too many times, it does loses its specialness because the first couple times you do it, it's a hot take. If you do it on every fucking episode of Title Match Wrestling, then it becomes, okay, this old motherfucker is senile. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Just just, just to yeah. warn you there, Chris, I've interviewed Booker T. He's yeah. got hands the size of your head. Yes, I know. <laughs> like, I've seen that fool in person, man. He's just like, um, he's not like a massive what, 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 dude. What Brent is saying is you don't want that smoke, Chris. Oh hell no, man! I'm, <laughs> and I respect the OGs, but I'm just—I look, but I—I I call it like I see it, man. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if, if you're if you're if you come up with too many of these, like, like it's one thing to have a hot take; it's another thing to just just be lying and yeah, just trying to find problems with something that there's no problems with. It's like going on a, with on a date with um Halle Berry or Kate Beckinsale or something and being like, well, I didn't like this mold. Like, shut the fuck up, man. You're on a date with Kate Beckinsale. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like that's what that's what Booker T did in my opinion. I I think what what showed how well it was done is I showed it to my wife who does not like pro wrestling. Right. It, it's it's weird. She did well she doesn't mind some of the personalities, like uh, like in Punk's case, she she's seen other stuff from him before. She likes how articulate he is, yeah. And uh, or in the case of like sort of the opposite end, she really likes Danhausen. Right, <laughs> <laughs> hasn't seen him wrestle once, just has seen his YouTube clips. Right, but like even like she doesn't really know a heck of a lot about wrestling other than what she gains through kind of me just blabbing on and she absorbs by osmosis, but she got how well that was done and how honest it was. Like the, the only thing I can compare it to in some ways is when edge came back uh, last year for yeah. the, for the rumble. Like it, it, like somebody I think even did the, the side by side, side-by-side photoshot of both of them coming out for the first time and the looks on both of their faces are are very very similar Mm -hmm. and like and i just i I hope he he helps that's the other thing is one of the things you can uh, point to and the guy i watch aew with every week um, he got back into wrestling after Punk had left, so he doesn't really know kind of what he missed out on. Yes. <laughs> but he, his fear is, is like, well, they keep signing a lot of these older guys because he knows that Danielson's coming back in New York. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like, what's this mean for the guys that they've been building that he yeah. really likes? Like, mm-hmm. like Darby Allen is a prime example, MGF. Mm-hmm. And by the sounds of it, that's why Punk is here, and uh, why I'm guessing Daniel Bryan's gonna, Brian Danielson yeah, is I, going to be there. I, I think half of that, because I've been talking to a lot of people that share the sentiments of your friend, Brett. I think half of that problem is true, but a lot of it is just manufactured mind gymnastics that a lot of wrestler fans have put in our yeah. own heads. Because when we watch WWE, when these new guys come mm-hmm. or these uh, part-timers come, they just yank, like take the cells out of the guys that have already been there. Yeah. Um, I think there's a way to do Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, especially CM Punk, though, where you can have him debut, put him in a main event spot where it's not just disrupting the flow of the whole show. But I, I, I just – and I want to I get your thoughts because I asked um, uh, TJ about this. I do think that we – I, just for the sheer sake of business that Punk is doing for AEW, just after a weekend, goddammit, a fucking weekend, um, I do think they have to find a way to get that belt on him more sooner than later. And not even because I want to uh, knock the sales out of um, the classic hangman. AEW guys or hangman or anything like that but i'm just looking at who's bringing in the, the 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 numbers at the moment you know it's it's one of those business decisions and i'm, I'm, I'm i want to get your thoughts on it that's a tough one yeah because uh but um i feel that it at this point you, if you were going to do that, you can still use Hangman. Right. You can you, like you put Punk with the belt, and you just have Hangman starting to reclimb the ranks in order to get a shot. This could last like the way AEW plans things. I figure you could probably do that for at least six months. Right. Right. Like like I, a build. I, I think I think you could give. I think you could even give um, CM Punk. Or not CM Punk, Hangman Page. I think you could do like a a title shot where, or a title reign where he wins it at a pay per view and holds it maybe for a month or so, and you get the you do like a transitional thing where you put the belt on somebody else um, mm. and, and maybe Jericho again, and then mm. you um, take the belt off of that person and get it back to Punk. And well, okay, okay, okay. Let, let let's play me. Let's play uh, let's play past the baton musical booking. So if right. if I'm going with your route, Chris, uh, this is this is improv, Brent. Yes, and uh, if I'm going with Chris's idea here, of kind of Hangman as a transitional champ, then I think where I go with it, then Chris is, and and this is again another way to kind of keep building your homegrown stars while bringing in somebody like a CM Punk. I go Hangman beats Kenny. Because that's the story we've been telling. Punk, uh, uh, Hangman loses to MJF. Right. I think he's your, he's your next Ooh. hottest deal. And then we set up MJF and Punk, which I think like that's a money program. 
Right. And then, and yeah, and then, um, and then as Punk has a belt, the person that Punk loses a belt to after a good year or so is um, Hangman Page. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And he could be the first um, two-time uh, AEW AW champ. champ. Yeah. But I think he's got to have the belt at the moment. Just, just because I'm looking at all the metrics of what he's doing. If you would have said this to me before I saw what happened in Chicago, I would have that I would have been like, no, the belt still has to go on Hangman and he's got to get a lengthy run. But I just think the from a business point of view, I think that um it's just it, the grass is just much greener with CM Punk at the moment. And it's going to be greener when a when when Hangman Page gets a real title run you know yeah i'm i'm thinking right now that all all in is going to be the start of them cycling out some guys for a while right like i i think that's going to be the start of the the sort of the uh hiatus for the young bucks from right yeah and and like the i i like the idea of them slowly having the power structure of the elite being knocked down step by step as they go along like it, like the bucks lose and then for whatever reason the good brothers are banished back to impact mm-hmm. and then Kenny is kind of by himself and ends up losing the title and then he goes away for a while mm-hmm. and then yeah. you can just sort of build new storylines around that like i i'm really excited uh, for Danielson coming in, because I think there's so many guys he can work well with. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure where you start him with. Like, somebody suggested him and uh, Daniel Garcia. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yes, please give me that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if I want that right off the bat because yeah. like, he's got to get a couple wins uh, under his belt. Yeah. At and some point, think- right? And I think that um, if he does a New Japan deal, and I think he is going to mm, do a New Japan mm, deal, yeah. I think he's going to – I think they'll want to put the IWGP t- title on Daniel Bryan. I, I, oh, I can yeah. totally see them wanting to do that. Yeah, um, Maybe I'm wrong, um, and he'll have a credible, credible belt while he's in AEW and mm. still doing other things. And that, that could even build to a feud, like, once he, when he finally loses that title or whatever. You can, There's the possibilities. Yeah. And if not that, you know, if not the yeah. main title, like, I could see them doing something like what they did with uh, Moxley, where right. he was the mm. U.S. champ. And that, that way, you know, you can bring these New Japan guys over periodically yeah. and yeah. have them have a showcase match with Brian. But I, I think, and I said this earlier to TJ Brent, like, I think Punk and Brian are going to serve different roles on this roster whereas punk is going to mm. be kind of your mainstream kind of guy that brings in laps fans and maybe can bring in some new fans and he'll you know have a run with the AEW title whereas i think brian's like your week-to-week guy yeah where, like, like brian's Bri- the guy Bri- that's going to be around and putting on all these different dream matches like i think you know yeah. you mentioned garcia i think that's a great match i think daniel bryan and ricky starks like that could be yeah Brian Brian is the macho man Randy Savage. It's like Hogan <laughs> is going off to do um to film No Holds Bar. And so that's what so Punk can be that guy, but Daniel Bryan is um a guy who 
is going to be there and still keep the numbers at bay because that's what Macho Man did. That's why he was such a good champion when he was champion mm. because when Hogan was off filming his movies and shit, Macho Man, his numbers were still comparable to what Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. was doing. And that's what Daniel Bryan is going to do. So hey, we, we got a... We got a- Bring in Message. Jay White. Yes, Ronnie the Enforcer singing. Bring it in. Bring in Jay White. Uh, I yeah. guess I know. I know there's a lot of people who are really high on him, and here's where I hand in my pro wrestling reviewer card. I guess is <laughs> like I, I don't get it. Like I, like he's good. Don't get me wrong, but like in terms of promos and stuff, he's done nothing that really makes me want to watch him from week to week. But um, I wanted to throw a name out to you two guys. If you're Tony Khan, do you sign Adam Cole? Do you do everything in your power to try and get him right now? I, you want me to take this one first, Nate? Or? Go ahead. I think that you do. Here's my thing with, with AEW. I think people are kind of getting over like this. They, I think they read too much into these, oh, he's hiring WWE guys. That's always been a bullshit notion to me yeah when you hire a guy those guys are aew guys now okay mm-hmm. their wwe is in their purview that's in their past they are wwe guys if you bring in adam page and you've got a salient a salient story for him to do then you do that they're not the thing aew is not bringing in every wwe guy they're just no. not they're not bringing in Matt Cardona. They're not bringing in, um, you know, Heath um, Slater. They're not bringing in, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? The um, dude with the that was the Impact champion. Uh, oh, uh, dancing guy. Oh, um, dancing guy. Uh, Fandango. No, 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 not him. The, um, um, you can't handle this. Rich Swan. Swan, Swan, yeah. yeah, that guy. They're not bringing in every guy. They're bringing in guys where they're where they've got something for them to do. And like you said, if you don't have anything for them to do, they're wrestling on dark and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. I'd much rather than like be jobber to be dark lifers for the time being than on TV jobbing every week. You know, no, it's true. Like, so it's mm-hmm. like. My only thought with it is, is like, I, I love Cole. I think he's great. I think yeah. he could add stuff to AEW. But at the and it's not even a, oh, they're signing all WWE guys. Because, like, all three of us watched during the Monday Night Wars era. We never complained when, like, it was, oh, they're only mm-hmm. signing WCW guys. Or, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's the nature of the beast, right? Like, right. You, you always work somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And like even in the the early start of the like the rock and wrestling era mm-hmm. of yeah. WWF at the well, time, is like, like they were all break. taken from AWA, right? Like, and a big thing is when you look at some of these guys like an Adam Cole. Like, let's not pretend that Triple H and NXT didn't spend the last two three years acquiring all of these talented guys and girls from the Indies. So obviously, yep. once we get like the release rampage that they've been on to, to use the turn of phrase uh lately like yeah all of these people are quote unquote wwe people because triple h and, and nxt brought everybody in yeah they, so, yeah they, no, that's that's the truth exactly. they, they they fucking 
neutered and destroyed the independents to get all these guys. These were ROH guys. These were British mm-hmm. wrestling guys. These PWG. were PWG guys. They fucking just completely torn apart the NDC that was so robust. They just fucked it all up completely. So now when so when AEW wants to sign these guys, now it's oh they're WWE guys. It's like <laughs> no, these are guys that were on the Indies mm-hmm. in NXT in ROH or or in um, ROH on Impact. Yeah. All these guys that you brought in. So yeah, from you lose me with that argument too. It's just, exactly it's it, it, it's it's not um, a a fair comparison in my opinion. Yeah. But from like just a general point of view, AEW has such a huge stockpile of really talented guys and and women mm-hmm. under their belts right now that part of me is like, yeah, would I like Adam Cole to come in? Yes. Do I want it as like that is detrimental to the time that Scorpio Sky will get? Right. No. Because no. he's a guy that they're building, and I honestly think it's like they should spend if it's one or the other, spend it on Scorpio Sky or right, like a, yeah. like or Darby Allen. Well, I guess Darby's pretty set, but there's a couple guys. Ethan Page yeah, is another yeah. one that like you know I would like them to because those are guys who to me are almost at that main event level. Like they just need the right booking and the right push to start stepping up to it and i think one of the big detriments to it is they're just not getting the time to to do that as much as maybe they should this is the thing too because i do think they do have a lot of wrestlers a lot of talent i don't think there's ever such thing as having too much talent i think if you've got talent you can afford to pay them lucratively you get them yeah what i would say though is i think we're getting to the point now where AEW might be able to afford to put an extra 30 minutes on um, Rampage on Friday nights. Like, I wouldn't go to two hours per se, but maybe just a good 90-minute show um, mm. where you are where you could have guys get some TV time and it's still a priority show, but it's giving guys something to do where they're getting the TV that they need to get. And the way AEW is booked, it's not like three out. Cause when I watch AEW on Wednesday nights, one of the things I love about it is that two hours flies by. Oh, yeah. like I, I do not like notice it. I'm like, what, we're already here. What, 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 what else is going to happen? And that hour flies by too from the last two weeks you know what i'm saying it was just like you know i was still um let me see what ronnie's saying do you think they should add another single single title i've got mixed thoughts on that um part of me says they should add another uh, singles title but then there's another part of me that's like okay they they've got other titles from or other organizations that yeah, people yeah, are letting yeah. them play with, so maybe another singles title isn't necessary. I do think no. I do want to see a six man title there, but 
Yeah, well, I think, that's coming, right? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that I hadn't really noticed until um, somebody put up the image of Punk's roster, yeah. like, photo up, and it has, like, the, the scorecard of singles, wins and losses, tag yep. team, and trios. And they've been mm -hmm. talking about that for a while, right. and I think it's a good idea. I also think, like, the, the one thing I think AEW's been doing well with their partnerships is farming guys out. Like, yeah, a, right. like, exactly. like the fact that, like, hey, we don't have enough really going on for uh, Layla Hirsch, who I have become a big Love fan her. of in the last, yes. last yeah. little while. So, hey, uh, let's send her to NWA for a little bit mm -hmm. and yeah, help yep. those guys out. And I, th I think this is... Somebody asked me, well, why doesn't WWE do this? And like, because they don't play well with others. Yes, and Tony yeah. was obviously the rich kid who was like quite happy to share his toys with all the other kids in class. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing He's is, like, like, hey, you don't have an ad at? I yeah. do. Guess yeah. what you get to play with today? <laughs> like, like some of, Cody is like Richie Rich from like the old Hanna Barbera <laughs> cartoons and comics, where Richie Rich wants friends over mm -hmm. and wants them sh sharing his toys because he understands that these fucking toys are nothing without anybody to play with them. WWE is like just, you know, fucking Veruca Salt or something like that where they just want the <laughs> shit to just, to, just to just have this shit and not anybody else play with it, you know? It just well, is what it is. Yeah. And I think a couple things. Like, number one, I, I do think that there is an advantage to being the number two company. Right. Because you have much more to gain from these partnerships than Vince would really. You right. know, because Vince is probably looking at it like, what what do I have to gain here, pal? Like I don't want to yeah. prop up these mud shows, you know? But I, I think that part of and this goes back to what Brent was saying earlier about what do we do with all the talent on this roster and, and you know, will we get to a point where we shuffle guys in and out, which I think would be beneficial right. for not only AEW's TV, but for the performers. Like, I think there is value in, like, we don't have something for you right now, so go have a run on Impact. Or go have a run right. with the yep. NWA. And yeah. it allows for people to work. It allows for people to get better without stuffing a show and overstuffing a show. Because yeah. as you mentioned, like, we got two hours on Wednesday and one hour on Friday. And even then, like, I'm not even counting dark and, and elevation right. but like just the stuff on tnt those shows are already pretty stuffed and yeah. so getting back to brent's original question about adam cole i think obviously if you can get an adam cole get an adam cole like i think talent is talent like <clears throat> I, we, we talked about leo rush on the nwa podcast oh. if if leo wants to come back yes great sign up a leo rush the question is how do we best utilize them in addition to the people we already have? Because you don't want to mm. get into a point where you're bringing an Adam Cole in at the expense of yeah. a Sammy Guevara or at the expense yeah. of a powerhouse Hobbs or some of these young guys you're trying to develop. So it's a very, I guess it's a good problem to have, though, Brent. Like, you'd rather have the problem of too much talent than we've only got, like, five good guys on this roster. Of no, the, that's very, very true. Uh, yeah. It's I, I think it's more I'm just worried that some of the, the great guys and girls that they have been building up just might get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah. And that, that's, to be fair, too, that's going to happen in any organization that, yeah. like, yeah. guaranteed in, like, four or five years from now, there's going to be somebody that they cut that, we like the three of us will go well they really missed the boat on that one 
Yeah. Like they'll go to WWE and yep. and somehow have a fantastic run and 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 vice versa. How did, how did AEW drop the ball on Luther like that, Brent? Uh. <laughs> like I like well, and it's already kind of happened with me a little bit. Um, I could be biased, but um, Evilise is is one of um, yeah. No, my I, local. Would... I, I think I think I, I don't I don't think ego is ever like the greatest reason to get rid of a talent. I mean, she. I don't know what kind of person she is outside I mean, of my like passing meetings with her, but it is if it gets to a point where you you can't function with your coworkers though, and I think right, yeah. like that I, might have been where it got to. I'm, yeah, and I've heard that, but I'm not. I, I think I'm of the belief because I've dealt with these people working in diversity training. I've dealt with mm-hmm. these kinds of people. There is a way to get them to better place and i don't know yeah. like and if it, and if evilise was somebody like a cm pump they would have found a way you right. know what i'm saying and yeah, that's and just, like i'm yeah. not saying this to uh, disparage evilise because I, I think evilise is incredibly talented but i right. do feel like and you can speak to this too brent like everybody regardless of where you work like you me and, and chris like everybody with their employers has a has a value scale and yeah. when when your value does not exceed the headache that it costs to deal with you, yeah, they're gonna tell you to kick rocks. And I, I think, like again, Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard is different. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I, I yeah. think that, like had Evelise, like I wish they would have found a way to to work it out. But I don't think at that time. Evelise was big enough for them to try to manage. And she might her, her, her headspace might not I, like Evelise yeah. is somebody that I can chat with, and she'd probably respond back mm. and just ask her because I do I do because because again I'm biased because she's she's an LA girl and just somebody that I've seen around, and she's always been sweet to me when yeah. I've seen her. So um, it, it's just one of those things where you know I'm I'm trying to make sense of it. Yeah, she seems yeah. like a, she seems like a cool person, but then again, like we don't have to work with her. Like, it's- yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and like and I think to that point too, we all know people who like are cool to hang out with and terrible to work with, or right. terrible yeah. to work with, or like terrible to hang out with, but are probably good workers. You know, mm-hmm. and, right. and I think the the other side of that is I I, I ha- obviously haven't worked at AEW. But from all since like ninety percent of their roster has backstage vlogs at this point, you kind of get a sense of what it's like to work there. And I really think Tony is cultivating, helping to cultivate a locker room that maybe not everybody likes each other, but everybody respects and gets along. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. a, like one of the things I've been wondering about. And I, I'm I'm sure at some point the story will come out on on it or what the deal was. Is um, Colt Cabana is a mm. mid card level talent? Uh, well, not talent, but he's on the mid card level, and he's also a mentor to the AEW locker room. And he also had a lawsuit with CM Punk at one point. Yep, right. They, they and I'm sure from everything I've seen and read about this guy. I don't think that would have stopped Tony from signing Punk, but yeah. I'm sure he had no, a sit down with it. Colt and yeah. and well, like like hey, how yeah. much 
like what do we have to do to kind of make this okay with you yeah. like and like i also think colt smart enough like hey it's yeah. the, the money this is going to bring in is going to be really good for all of us so yeah yep. do it and from a legalese standpoint because you know i used to intern at the courts for a long long time colt cabana really was grasping for straws for that because even if cm punk did promise to pay his um yeah court bills he's not he's under no obligation to do that you know no what I'm no saying? no yeah it's like it's, it, it's, yeah it's not like, even getting into legal for but when you yeah. sue a guy you used to be best friends with that that's like yeah. fall mm-hmm. out right and yeah. now you're going to be like i doubt they will be working with one another like yeah. just of how things are, but they're going to be at the same place at the same time. And like, you know, if, if you had sued Nate over something, <laughs> yeah. but still had to do this podcast, well, see, I, okay. it, it's still like, it, you know, it's like whether your lawsuit was valid or not, yeah. it, it's, there's still going to be some resentment and feelings in there. I think there's uh, too much of that. Cause okay. Cause I'll give you guys a quick story. Um, I had a cousin who I was renting out um, a, um, a apartment to. I was subleasing to him, and um, he um, paid me a deposit before he moved in. Um, he didn't um, pay me rent for the last few months, and I was like, okay, I'm keeping your deposit. And then he got mad at me for not paying his deposit, for not giving him his deposit back. And he took me to court and I, I didn't get mad at him for taking me to court. I was like, if, if the courts say that I owe you this money, okay. I will gladly give it to you. If the courts don't say that, then you could kick rocks. And the courts were like, no, he doesn't owe you the money. I wasn't personal. I still love that guy, man. Uh, he was mad at me for a little while, but I mean, shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I'm I'm a I'm a political science professor. God damn it, I'm not gonna let myself go to okay, court. Maybe you're the bad example to use, yeah. Chris. And, I'm, like I'm, you I'm, also didn't put up up a blog telling your cousin to go like <laughs> saying yeah. that he was going to go, do a GoFundMe to pay for his law bills or his yeah, legal well, bills. Yeah, it's, it's 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 just one of those things. Like when you get tied up in that kind of litigation stuff, if yeah. you decide to go to court. At the end of the day, it shouldn't courts rooms civil litigation shouldn't make enemies. At the end of the day, both sides should be happy with what the law settled because yeah. this is what you decided to do. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at law from that perspective, if you're looking at law to get revenge on a motherfucker or to like <laughs> yeah, you know what well, I'm saying? Yeah. That then 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 you're not you're not understanding what law is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, my, all, my uh, thought is like they had a, they definitely had like a personal fall. Yeah, I was gonna say from all accounts, this sounds like a personal thing more. Yeah, so than, I think it was yeah. bigger than the um the the paying the court bills shit. Yeah, and you know and saying? like, but I'm sure like it, it's like I said, I don't think it would have stopped Tony from signing Punk. No, but I definitely figure like they the conversations were had. Like yeah, in some ways, I wouldn't be for I wouldn't be surprised if like. Colton Punk sat down somewhere and went like, "Hey, we're not buddies anymore." But like, in the like, past, I'm like, yeah, good. Colton Bed is a creative dude as well. Like, yeah. after not many people beat Vince McMahon in court, 
And that doctor motherfucker was a proxy for Vince McMahon. You now have a like you can cat like write a book. You can write a couple books. How I beat the WWE machine in court. Like that that sells itself. I, I really I really want to see the Chelsea Green chapter on that Ooh, one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it, like it, it didn't get the court, but we'll the balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What? I think that, like, kind of wrapping up on the AEW point, fellas, like, I, I think that they're in a really good place right now. And not yes. only is AEW in a good place, but I would say, like, Impact's in a good place. Uh, the NWA, who's had who's got a big show coming up this weekend, they're in a better place. Like, the rising tide <clears throat> lifts all of these boats. And, like, we, we saw with the numbers for Rampage, where they went over a million, yeah. which is crazy on a Friday night. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, so I think that this is a great move for AEW, and it's only going to continue. I think when when Brian yeah. shows up, that's another kind of log on this fire that that, that yeah. is going to keep burning. the The last question I'll, I'll pose to you two guys before we wrap up this week is in terms of in terms of your fandom, like where are you at? Because I know like we've done the chain reaction a few times, and Brent knows like Chris has got on here in the worst mood after watching some <laughs> WWE programming. But but like where are you right now, Chris, with your with your fandom of professional wrestling? Like like do you feel in a better place now than you did maybe a year ago? Yes, I'm in a way better place now. I think what Tony Khan has done with W with um, AEW um, is he helped. He's used AEW to help cultivate a robust wrestling industry, which is what all of us want at the end of the day. So I'm very, very happy with what I'm seeing. I do think AEW is going to get on track um, with minority talent. Um, not in like WWE is not on track with with minority talent. I don't care what anybody says; they have them there, but all of those characters. I mean, I mean have, to be fair, have you seen the weather report lately, Chris? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> we need to decide if we're going to bring up that that brother's name on the, the NWA podcast or not. I go back and forth with, in my head with that. I won't bring his name up now, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what, what, like both companies have issues in that area, but I'm I'm more optimistic about AEW in that area because they seem to just steer this the track, steer the ship back on track more often than not. You know, um, WWE, I just I just don't have any faith in that company. Um, this Nick Khan. Uh, I saw the interview he did with uh, Ariel Hawani. Yeah. Um, he, he basically pulled his pants down. It was like, even though he tried to say a couple like nice things about Triple H in passing jest, it was like, hey, Triple H, this is my this is the size of my dick. Um, what the fuck you going to do? Because um, they basically like saying, oh, Triple H is in charge of it. Why you're tearing apart this motherfucker's life's work. <laughs> and then, and then firing guys that he hired 
just a few months ago, man. Mm-hmm. Like the balls on that dude. <laughs> and I and part of me feels bad for uh Paul Levesque, Triple H. <laughs> and then the other part of me is laughing because it's Triple H and he's has a history of fucking people over. It's like so. it's like like that meme, like you got a picture of Triple H with, with NXT and then all of a sudden Nick Khan walks up like, hey, that's a really nice developmental territory. Yeah, would be same if somebody ruined it. Yeah, I know, because right? yeah. he's destroying this, and it's. I don't think it's going to end well. I know, Nick. When you go to WWE, your past business success is going to be to tarnish with whatever's on Vince McMahon's crazy ass mind that week. I'm talking about Wilson and Berrios. I'm talking about Jim Ross. I'm talking about um, Laurinaitis the first time. If you do not know the language of Vince McMahon, you are destined to fail. Even if you do know the language of Vince McMahon, <laughs> you will still find yourself getting fired a couple times and rehired. It's not stable at all. I was going to say, I think we've all talked to a couple of people who work there, and yes. like the, nobody complete like you've got a good idea of the language of Vince McMahon. But nobody's got a hundred percent other than right. like I don't think his daughter does. No. Right. Like Vince, like dealing with Vince McMahon, dealing with, with getting ahead in the WWE, it's it's like the corporate version of the milk crate challenge. Like you might be able to get to the top, but eventually you're gonna fall over. Right, exactly. Uh Brent, what what about you? Like where where are you at right now with with your wrestling fandom? Uh are you in a better place? now than you were maybe a year ago oh I, I i definitely think i'm in a better place than i was it AEW, um so i i had kind of started losing faith in the wwe product other than nxt for a while and then i rediscovered new japan and the new japan world came out and i i subscribed to the service and it, it is worth every penny but that, I, I was watching it, like, I would binge watch it. Like, uh, or, or if a pay-per-view came up, I'd watch. And then after that, I would, like, oh, I've got nothing to do this Saturday. I'll watch a couple hours of the various shows on, on the service. AEW is appointment viewing for me. Yes. I go over, I, I do not have cable. I haven't had cable in X amount of years. I go over to a friend's house in order to watch it. When we were locked down here in Ontario, he gave me his, his login for a uh, a cable service that will not go named. And so I could memes. steal. Yeah. So, well, not really. He's paying for it. He's just, <laughs> I'm not. But I would, I would watch it through here. And I think it's because they are giving me not only what I want, in pro wrestling, they're giving me diversity on all sides. And I, I don't just mean that in race or uh, creed or color, because there's definitely that. Like, we have folks like Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose on that mm-hmm. roster, which is great. We have we need more Sonny great Kiss. wrestlers. Like, Sonny Kiss needs more, more shine on these shows. Yeah. They, they've got to do something with them soon. Yeah. I, I think like pull them out of dark and start putting them somewhere. But beyond that is like just the the amount of stuff that I get. Like we get uh, we get a bit of comedy each week. We but not dumb. 
<laughs> like, not this drip stick bullshit that I get over at <laughs> WWE. Christ, uh, it's, it's like, oh, okay. it, well, it, not exactly like highbrow humor, but it's thought out. Like, a, a half-decent joke is put in there. Or a comedic match. Something with the Dark Order or something like that, you know? Or uh, even Jurassic Express a little bit. Like, yeah. they are a great tag team. But at the end of the day, like, a friend of mine was asking me about AEW because he watched the, the video with Punk. And he, he hasn't watched really wrestling in a steady way in, like, over a decade. Mm. And uh, he's like, so he jokingly said, hey, is uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat still wrestling? And I'm like, no, but a guy dressed up like a dinosaur tag teams with Luke Perry's son every week. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, there is a certain amount of silliness in it. And there's seriousness, and there's guys who can cut promos, and guys who do high. Like it has everything you want in pro wrestling on this yeah. two-hour show that doesn't yeah. make you want to take a drill to your head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like that's what I was saying to um, TJ. It's um, it's a show that makes sense in the context of the universe that it's set in. Yeah, and WWE just doesn't do that. At yeah, you see, you like Brent. Brent would tell you like from from the world of uh, comics, like you can go crazy as long as you establish the parameters of this universe. Right. And I feel yeah. like AEW has defined parameters where yes, we can have uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, but we know like yeah, one dude's a dinosaur that's apparently lived for millions of years, but him and Luke Perry's kid are a really good tag team. Where right. we've got Sting coming back. You know, after all these years yeah. and being used so effectively, uh, you know, uh, like the, the the match this week with Arn Anderson's kid, like we 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 found a way to bring back some of these old legends from the '90s and the '80s, but we're going to use them in a way that enhances young talent as opposed to having Goldberg come in and destroy Bray Wyatt. Right. I, uh, I think. Yeah, and I think some of it comes from like. A lot of it is due to the fact that Tony Khan is sort of the, in a weird way, the the American dream in terms of wrestling booking, right? He is one of us. He is a fan, like a hardcore fan, who yeah. grew up with it. But he also comes from a, a completely different background than we've seen from bookers in the past. He's not an old white guy. <laughs> Point blank. He, he is what? He's in his 30s? I yeah. think early thirties. Yeah. yeah, he's in he's, yeah, in, his, he's in his late thirties, but he's definitely in his thirties. Oh. Um, hey, Tony, um, you look good for your yeah. age. Then, <laughs> he's, he's, he's in his late thirties. Look, late thirties is still a long way from in his seventies. So we got to get yeah. Tony yeah, crazy, exactly. Right? And like, he, like, and his background is a little bit more diverse than uh, yeah. Those he's a person who of color. Like, yes. Yeah, and and like also like. You, and I'm not just pointing it out for WWE. I think you could probably say that about a majority of wrestling companies out there, like even some of the ones they're working with, right? And at the at the end of the day, uh, you know, NWA is ran by a white guy. At the end of the day, uh, Impact is, I, I believe, Impact's like booking staff is all white as well. Yeah, the more and a little bit on the older side, and like in terms of Impact. Um, that's the one thing I will give Impact credit for is the lack of ego they have shown in this mm -hmm. partnership. 
Like yeah. it, it, this could have gone sideways from their end so many ways, but yeah. to the credit of Scott Demore and the other people on his booking team and Don Callis is they saw that, okay, we're at this point, we're not going to be number two. That no. like, let like not necessarily stay in our position, but let, let's make a deal here and help us out, help them out right. and work on something cool. And it, it, it's that's I think that's the most exciting thing for me about wrestling right now is the yeah. fact that all these companies are working together yep. in I like at some point somebody's going to write a book about this and it's good we're going to hear some batshit yeah. stories out of it. Yeah, but we're gonna, we're like gonna enjoy surface. a honeymoon. Though. I'll say we live in a world where like yeah. AEW is working with Impact and NWA and AAA and New Japan and it's like Three or four years ago, this wouldn't be the case because everybody no. had to kind of protect their own. Whereas now, and and I don't know how much of this is because of Tony Khan, how much of this is just because people are seeing themselves in a different light. Like you said, Brent, Impact is not coming in here saying we've got to be number two. They're like, okay, we're not number two, yeah. but maybe we can be a cool alternative if we partner up with yeah. AEW. And I think that's a beneficial thing, not only for fans and people that cover wrestling but it's beneficial yeah. for the workers man and it gives them more opportunities to make money and be on tv i yeah, would love to know what wwe tried to work out with new japan that deal that didn't end up happening i would love to know why new japan said no and like, there's, there's, listen, there's probably listen, multiple reasons. I was like, listen here, pal. So we're going to bring Okada in, but he has to have flute music. Right, yeah. There is, what, and yeah, powder. For real. Can, can you throw powder at somebody, pal? <laughs> you know it was something like that. Powder, salt, whatever. Geisha outfits. You knew it was something. You know it's something stupid. Do you mind if I bring Sonny Ono in for this one? Yeah, but, but like Tony Khan said, um, there's only room for one con in wrestling and it's not some con man from Connecticut <laughs> or in Connecticut. And, and on that, we, we will wrap up this episode. We've been going for over three hours, so shout out to everybody that's been watching. <laughs> I know, man. We were, I we've, been, we've been just therapeutic, though, right? <laughs> I think we, we've had I, I'm sorry, watching. guys. I had meant to come in and do like a Kanye and just yeah. like, I think the ending of that uh, yeah. Becky match sucked. See you later. And then I was going to go. Yeah. Yeah, Brent, Brent messed up the whole format because we were just yeah. about to close out the show and we spent another hour hanging out with, with, with our good friend Brent Chittenden. But Brent, uh, Chris and I have already done our plugs. Real quick, uh, what do you got to oh, plug shit. in? Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's <laughs> With the, uh, you were know, really that close to ending. I, I think we played the closing credits. We might have to break this into a couple episodes because we, 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 we played the closing credits. You know? uh, I, I think you really should if you're breaking it up, Nate. Uh, when I come in, do play Brock Lesnar's music. <laughs> just <laughs> <as> <laughs> Uh, what do you guys got going on with the uh, True North Nerds, my friend? 
Uh, so the, our last episode just came out uh, on Monday of this week. We reviewed the first two episodes of What If. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, we really like them. <laughs> we go into in-depth on that. That last and, one was really, really uh, good, the, the one with uh, T'Challa. I like that a lot. Oh, it, it was much better than the first one. A better a better yeah. paced, better story to it that didn't feel as rushed. The, the I'm very curious bad, to see what comes out The second one was like another level. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's what uh, the the three of us really thought too. It was like the it, the first one seemed like they kind of tried to cram too much into like the the half an hour, forty five minutes that they had. Whereas yeah. like the second one, I could have easily done another hour of that. Yep. So um, we're we're doing that uh, next week uh, for fans of your show um, that might be interested. We do have a wrestling themed one-off podcast coming up where, mm. uh, myself, uh, my co-host Ryan and, uh, one of our, uh, our satellite shows, uh, hosts, uh, Ed Campbell and a friend of ours who is also named Ed come on and we do our Mount Rushmore's of wrestling. So that that's, uh, that will be an interesting listen for other viewers. Um, beyond that, I also host a radio show of sorts on Mixcloud. It's called The Dark Side. It's on Black Donnelly Radio. If you like goth music and industrial, um, that's what I play. My wife describes it as sometimes as a dot matrix printer being kicked down a flight of stairs. So if that's <laughs> uh, your kind of thing, tune in. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. Good stuff. Yes, definitely check out... Uh, True North Nerds. I, I've been on there a couple times, but only with Brent uh, for some reason. I, I don't know what's going on there, Brent. Uh, we're 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 going to definitely have you on again. I'm just trying to figure out the uh, the right time to do it. I've done, I've done a right, show with, right. with I've done a show with Brent. I've done a show with Brent's wife, but never never the three of us <laughs> and the rest of the nerds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I appreciate you for hopping on, Brent, uh, and and. Especially in the wake of uh, the Spider-Man trailer, because I definitely I wanted to talk oh. about that and get your input on that. Uh, uh, shout out to the chat, Ronnie saying he wants Brian Danielson versus Jay White. That's his dream match. <laughs> you know what? That that would be pretty good. Yeah, I, I, actually, I, I, I actually, actually am down with that. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun. So shout out to Ronnie, uh, uh, Chris. Appreciate you for. Uh, you know, going Broadway, brother. You 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 were I know, right? yeah, you into yeah. you into number one in the Rumble and lasted to the very end. So I appreciate you, Chris. <laughs> you can check Chris out on the Nubian Wrestling Advocates alongside myself and Andrew Thompson on Post Wrestling. Uh, and this is gonna do it for this edition. We're for real this time. This is gonna do it for this edition of the Kings of Sport. Uh, checking the room to make sure nobody else pops up. Uh, nobody else pulls a chit- <laughs> nobody else pulls a chitin in this piece. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you for watching. Uh, those that watched live, and thank you for listening. For everybody listening in the future on the podcast version, we'll probably be back in two weeks uh, for the yeah. next episode of the Kings of Sport, where we will be, or I will be. I don't know who's going to be joining me on that episode. I will be covering week one of the NFL season. Yes, it's that time of year again. Uh, so look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, so shout out to Place to Be Nation, placetobenation.com for more of your pro wrestling and pop culture needs. And, uh, yeah, in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. So for Chris from L.A., the professor, for T.J. McClune, and uh, 
young young brother McClune, who uh, TJ has confirmed, Chris, they did go to Target and they bought Mousetrap the game. So oh, okay, that's, awesome. that's a night of <laughs> that's a night of family fun in the McClune household. Yeah. Uh, so for TJ and, and a countdown to when they start losing pieces. Yes, like that. That's a game that's really <laughs> fun once, and then after that, <laughs> it's just a continuing continuing spiral of futility. Uh, so shout out to TJ, shout out to Brent Chittenden for joining us. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks for more of the world's most dangerous sports program, the Kings of Sport Podcast. This was a long show. This felt like SummerSlam. Like we probably it really we, did. Man. We probably could have cut some of the filler, but the thing is, this show was so good, Chris. We didn't even have filler, right? And we yeah. went longer than twenty six seconds, so we got that going for us, which is nice. Hey. So for Brent, for TJ, for Chris, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. We'll see you next time, because you've been down with the king. I have to vamp for a little bit because I was on the comment screen reading Ronnie's comments about Jay White, and I have to get back to the the end of the show music here. So uh, <laughs> there we go. All right. So for everybody, I'm Nate. See you next time. You've been down with the kings. Peace. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Kings of Sport. Be sure to come back next week for an all-new episode. You can leave feedback for the show on Twitter at KOS underscore POD or via Gmail at thekingsofsport at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and rate us on iTunes and tell a friend. The Kings of Sport is a production of the Mosaic Podcast Network. Whether you like it or not, he's bad. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to leave it all on the mat. Because that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah! What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Thanks for the footlong, IRL Marshawn. No problem, Tiny Virtual Marshawn.